You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. College football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the best time of the year, right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. If that's not enough action, you can also place a same-game parlay for a shot to be a bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one, like which team will get the win, which team will score first, and more. I mean, yeah, guys, got number 5 Notre Dame against number 2 Ohio State this week. Number 1 Alabama, Clemson, mix them in. Great time of year. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 238 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Sunday. Easy like Sunday morning. How are you guys? It's hot here today, folks. Saturday afternoon, 30 out. Um, here in uh, beautiful Martinsville, Saskatchewan. Uh, yeah, it is... Uh, here at the uh, the fourth line voice uh, offices at the palatial estate, <laughs> something like that. Uh, worked this morning, got home, mowed my grass. My wife's cutting flowers right now and sweating out in the heat. I'm hiding in the basement with the air conditioning on. Um, wrapping up this episode, um, I kind of did. I, I kind of had this little funky idea. I don't know if it played. If it really played out the way I thought it was going to. Um, but I was driving home yesterday after work. And I'm thinking, oh God, what am I going to do for the episode? Because it's just like, I didn't really have any talking points. Like, I had a couple things. But I'm like, 
uh, I don't know. It's kind of like, you know, I was going to, and I tried, I talked to a couple guys that I wanted to get on, but they couldn't really make it work. And the one guy's like, ah, I could maybe sneak it in. And I didn't want to, you know, they were buggering off up to the lake and stuff. I didn't want to bother anybody. I was like, no, 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 don't worry about it. Um, so that was in the morning. So then in the afternoon, I'm kind of like, okay, well, I gotta, uh, I gotta come up with something. And, uh, but batted around a couple ideas in my head. And then, um, as I was driving home, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get a hold of people. I'll see if I can do it. If I can get a hold of people just randomly and then just not tell them what I'm going to talk to them about. And then just like hit them with a question. I didn't know what the question was going to be. Like it'd be depending on who I was talking to, but I'm like, ah, you know, so I'm like, yeah, that might be a good idea. So I get home kind of trying to set it up. And I end up getting Searson, John Searson, who's been on the show a number of times, but he's out in the UK. So of course there's like an eight hour time difference there. So it's like really, it's like almost midnight for him. Um, that's a six hour time difference, but whatever. It was almost like, well, it was midnight or one or whatever. Um, but I ended up talking to him for like a long time. And, uh, and then I had to, you know, then it's like seven o'clock here. So I'm making, we barbecued, uh, oh man, the steak, we had steak. Oh, so good. Steak and potatoes, loving it. Um, you know, and then and then I had like I put it out on Facebook that I was looking for some random guests, and I had a bunch of people get back to me, and I wanted to get back to them, but I ended up just just talking too long to a couple guys, and uh, and then next thing I know, it's like ten thirty, eleven o'clock, and uh, you know, send a couple people messages, and but but of course I don't have their phone numbers or anything, so I, I can't just text them. So I'm like sending them Facebook messages and it's like they're already off of Facebook, probably logged off and, you know, basically sitting on the couch for the night or in bed or whatever. So, um, so I missed them. So I had to, I apologize to those that, uh, that reached out and said they were, cause I had posted at like whatever, five o'clock that I was looking for people. So I thank you for reaching out, but time just got away from me. Uh, ended up with a few guests. Um, but, uh. Yeah, it was, it was sort of a, I think if I'm going to do it, I think that's a fun episode to do. Like, I think it's a fun idea. Um, I think it's probably one of those things that to do it throughout the week and like just sort of collect different sound bites and then, and then do it and then mash them all together and then have that for an episode one day. As I'm saying this now, that, that idea just sort of came to me as I'm sitting here talking right now. Maybe I'll do that. That would be better. Or it'd be easier because then I could get everybody, um, and I would have different questions for people, you know. Because it's like I don't want to ask some guy like because like a lot of these people I've never had like other than some Facebook like group conversations where I, I've never had a one on one. I don't know. I don't air quote know these people, so it's not like I want to get some guy on and then give me your minor league Mount Rushmore and the guy like watches one minor league game in his life, right? And and but he's kind of like a you know. Well, I'm more of a St. Louis Blues guy, you know, like, so, you know what I mean? I want to tailor it at least to what the person knows, and then from there, we can kind of, you know, tweak it a bit, you know. But, uh, so, uh, but, and like I said, it was like, the another, none of the guys that I had on for this knew what I was going to ask them, so... You know, with uh, Searson and Lazito and stuff, the, the questions fall kind of a little flat. Um, kind of saved the episode at the end, or their their segment at the end, but um, it was more just funny to hit them with it and, and listen to them squirm. But, um, you know, but it, like I said, it's just a, 
it's Sunday, folks. It's a Sunday kind of, you know, the, the Sunday goofy episodes. So, you know, let, let's not take it too seriously. But, um, anyway. But before I get to, although after I added, added it up, I think I ended up with an hour and some, I'm like, okay guys, we'll just talk for five or ten minutes and everything's like 15 or 20, like it always turns out. So, um, you know, so I think I ended up with an hour worth of, uh, worth of material. So I guess that, uh, that bailed me out for the Sunday episode. But yeah, I think going forward, I think that's a good idea. I think maybe I'll just sort of record sound bites throughout the week and, uh, I should be good now that I'm thinking about it. If I'm on Facebook or on the group and, and we're just talking one night or, you know, when you get home from work or whatever and I see that they're on, I'll just get a hold of them in a message right away and be like, hey, what are you doing like right now? Because you'd assume if they're on Facebook bullshitting, they're not doing anything, right? And it'll be like, okay, give me your number, boom, 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 record something in 10 minutes and I could just save it. And then, you know, for a couple, for a Sunday episode down the line, when another one of these, what the hell am I going to talk about days comes up. Oh, here, I'll put all these together and away we go. It creates its own episode. So, like I said, folks, when you're doing two shows a week, you're, uh, I'm grasping at straws out here. Not grasping at straws. I, like, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I mean, I, it's, it's an easy episode for me. Plus, it's cool because I get to interact with people that I normally don't get to, um, which is the goal. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that'd be cool. You know, it's just a different perspective, a different voice. Because, like I said, when you're, you're doing two shows a week and stuff, I know people get tired of listening to my voice. I mean, granted, you're tuning in because it's my show and you listen to it, whatever. I mean, so who, I mean, whose voice are you expecting to get? But, but you know what I'm saying? I think when you can get a different, a different voice, a different opinion, different look at something, I think that's always a positive thing. Um, you know, so. I think that's, that's all I was really going for. It wasn't like we were trying to break new ground or be trailblazers or anything, but I don't know. It's just something different. Try something different. Throw it against the wall. See if it works. If it doesn't, well, I won't do it again. But, but before I get to my guests, um, what am I going to talk about? Well, well, first, I guess obviously you always got to bring up the, as I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there is a podcast for you. Um, the season, of course, it's quickly getting, you know, summer's winding down and camps are about to start and the hockey season's getting close. So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of those shows obviously will be winding up and getting ready to go. Um, you know, man, where did summer go, eh? Uh, I know just the other day, I know Wednesday, my wife went back to school to teach and, uh, you know, some, I always know summer's over when she goes back to school. Um, yeah, funeral-like enthusiasm around here the last couple nights. Um, you know, but yeah, it was just, uh, like, like it was, it was funny. I was talking to William. He was one of the guys I had on the show. I recorded with him, uh, just a couple hours ago, but and he's out in Winnipeg, but we were just saying like, you know, as old farts do, I guess, you're either talking about the weather or how time flies, but it's true. I, we were just saying, like, you know, yeah, and William said, and I agreed with him, like, July was pretty good, like, it seemed, you know, I don't know what it was, it was just, like, it was hot, it was good weather, it was just, you know, July was there, man, it was cool, and, but August just flew by, and it's just like, holy shit, you're blinking, it's over, and like I said, school's starting up, I know the kids come back next, they're this week coming up, they're coming back, so... 
that's it. You know, and then also, you know, the nights are, the, you know, it's getting dark quicker and, uh, you know, the days seem to be getting shorter and, uh, you know, go to work in the morning, got to turn the headlights on now, you know, in June and July, it's, you know, it looks like it's mid afternoon, even though it's, you know, 515 in the morning. But, uh, yeah, turn on the headlights to drive to work now. So, you know, yeah, time, man, fall's coming, hopefully. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not going to say the dreaded S word. We can keep that away for a few more months. But, uh, yeah, here we go. Good times, eh? Yeah, you tune in. Let's let's talk about summer being over and the weather. <laughs> oh, if, if Grandpa Simpson meme was a podcast, this is it. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, the sponsors, the Hockey Podcast Network, DraftKings Sportsbook. Hey, NFL season's right around the corner. There we go. September 8th, it, uh, you know, the, the regular season kicks off. Oh, I love me some NFL. Um, the betting. College football started today. Oh, boy. Um, I love football. And uh, every year we have the, of uh, course, the, you know, I mean, every I'm sure the majority of people listening are probably either in fantasy football drafts or football pools in general. We always have the football pool, you know, pick the winner, blah, 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 assign points to it. Um We've been doing that at work for, you know, geez, 10 years now. So, oh, this is the year. Hopefully, I can manage to finish in the money this year. Oh, man. I, uh, I've come to the conclusion I'm fairly terrible at, uh, at, at, at picking winners. It sounds so easy, but I always say with that, it's like, just let me win a week. That way you get your money back, right? So it's like, and I, every year I've won a week. I've managed to win a week. I've always gotten my money back. But it would be nice to actually make some money, you know. And uh, my brother, myself, and my dad are. It's a, it's a, it's a pool for in, at my work. But it, well, it started at my work, but it's got like forty some people in it, and uh, and it's since spread out from there. But um, forty some people, and you know, we always bug my dad because it's like. He he's like the total in like gambling terms. He's he's like the total, um, is like the total public bet, right? Like he just always, you know, and it's just he always pick the the favorites and the home teams. That's always his thing, right? And like we always make fun of him, my brother and I. But guess who beats us every year? Yeah, I mean, there's some, obviously, right? I always say the couple bad years that he's had in the in the draft. My dad. It's it's when like it's kind of been like air quotes an underdog year or like a lot of the visiting teams when winning that's what, the old man will just shit the bed right but most of the time obviously as statistics show home teams and whatever and, and he'll always do well and I don't know my brother and I must be soft in the head or something that we can't figure this out but yeah we we always just suck you know we're, we're always either middle. Middle of the pack and whatever. I, the problem with my, with my picks, because I, I was looking, you can go back on, so of course everything's on Yahoo now, right? So, I mean, I go back and you can check your past performances, right? And it's the same old story. I start off the shits and I'll be like in around 30th out of like 40 people. And then, and I, I kind of bounce between 30 and like 20 all season. I might win a week, and then I'll kind of bounce up. And then right at the end, from about week 14, 13 on, I just go on a streak. And I stop, and I start finishing in, like, the top 5, top 10. And I climb up, and then it's like I always end up, like, 10th. 
They're like 10 to 15. Because it's always too little too late, right? Every time, every year. Except for last year. Yeah, last year I just shit the bed completely. It would, it, like, if you looked at my picks last year, you'd be like, this guy's never watched a football game before. I, I had no, it was, it's just funny how you go sometimes. Just like no feel at all. I just couldn't get it. It was just, I don't know what it was. I just couldn't do it. Oh, towards the end, I was going to start, like, my wife doesn't watch sports at all, but I was just going to, I was going to get her to pick. How much worse could it get? And, like, I remember the one time, it was, was it last year or the year, one of the years that was recently that I was just doing the shits. I couldn't, I couldn't pick the winner of a one-horse race. I was just brutal. So finally the one day, I just spun around, and I'm just like, okay, we're going to do this. I said, you know, where would you rather visit? And she's like, what? And I'm like, where would you rather visit? And I just started naming them off. Buffalo or San Diego? Well, San Diego. You know, Tampa Bay or New England? I don't know, Tampa Bay. So we, I just did that. Ah, you know what? I, I didn't finish any shittier than I had been doing. I mean, I didn't win the week or anything, but I mean, I don't know. It wasn't really any worse than I had been doing. So I'm like, well, there you go. That just that just shows you right there. So anyway, what, what, why am I? T- Everybody listening's like, what are we talking about here? Who gives a shit? Yeah, there we go. There's my Darren's NFL uh, uh, office pool. Yeah. Anyway, but every year I look forward to throwing my hundred dollars into the pool and getting at it. So, like, I just you know what? I just I just sort of enjoy betting. And, like, not, like, goofy amounts or anything, you know. Like, I'm not crazy. Oh, I'm going to put down $500 on a football game or, you know. I'm a small-time better. You know, I'll throw 20 bucks at it every week or whatever. Play some pro line. I'm, all, I'm on spreads.ca right now throwing some bets around. and actually won a couple here lately, but uh, nothing big. But it started with the, with the Ice Wars bets. Because on spreads.ca, you can bet on Ice Wars. Well, I went six for seven on my Ice Wars bets, so I was off to a hot start when I opened up my account here. So, and I won a, of all things, I won a soccer parlay. You know, soccer? No, I don't know anything about soccer. I just gotta. I picked like four favorites and bet twenty dollars and won like one hundred and thirty. You know, so <laughs> it was yeah, whatever. So, yeah, I won a couple bets here, so we'll see. I have a college football bet parlay ticket today. Yes, I know parlays are soccer bets, but whatever. Anyway, but I well, and then of course DraftKings sponsors this show, and I mean I'd like to uh, throw out the DraftKings. I've sent the messages. I was like, you guys should do some Ice Wars betting. I've said that numerous times to DraftKings. But I was gonna say with the football betting when it's coming up here, um, actually DraftKings has got a pretty sweet uh, sign up, like a thousand dollar sign up bonus bet and stuff. You should check it out, folks. I mean I know you know they it's a show sponsor and you know. But if you use the promo code THPN, yeah, check it out. If you haven't looked at this, I'm promoting gambling. Yeah, well, everyone listening here is adults. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. I'm just saying, football's around the corner. Folks like to throw down a few bucks. Check it out. But, uh, all right. Uh, Oh, of course, I almost forgot. I'm trying to forget, but I'll mention them. Of course, Alec there at the Five for Fighting podcast. He's moved, folks. They're in the house. Yeah, they're in. They've moved into the shanty there in North Kakalaki with his carport. Him and his uh, floppy-eared dog there will be sleeping out in the carport more nights than not, I'm sure. But uh, 
yeah, he's he's moving it. I'm sure the the first thing that got moved was that Taiwanese massage parlor sign that he hangs up in his podcast room. I'm sure that was the first thing that went up on the walls at the at the new residence. Yeah, so, but Five for Fighting podcast has found a home. They're done moving. They've moved in, uh, or they're moving in, and uh, I think we're gonna see. I, I don't know whether it's good or bad, but I think we're gonna see a little more regular uh, episodes out of the kid there in North Carolina at the Five for Fighting podcast. So brace yourselves for this. It's gonna be an interesting fall and winter. Yeah. <laughs> If you happen to be on YouTube, well, everyone's, I always say that, everyone's on YouTube. When you're on YouTube, go to the Five for Fighting YouTube channel. He's uploaded all the East Coast League fights. I'm assuming he's going to do that again this year. And the East Coast League, I mean, out of, I got to say, out of all the pro leagues, it's probably the one that's got the most fighting at this point. Um, so I would definitely, uh, and he's going to be uploading it, so definitely check it out. Um, if you're there, if you could subscribe to his channel, we're trying to get Alec to a thousand subscribers. He's close. He's at eight something. So let's keep it going. Let's get him there. Um, and while you're on YouTube, bounce over to the fourth line voice channel. Um, I will say folks, I know the channel has been a little dormant lately. I have, although I, I mean, I have 2,500 videos up there, so there's lots of shit for you to check out. You won't get bored. Uh, but in the meantime, I know lately I haven't done much with the channel. Um, because of course YouTube zapped my monetization, so kind of fighting with them over that. But I was kind of stuck. I don't really know how to what to like. I still have the channel and everything, but I'm like, I I don't know. I I kind of don't know what direction I want the channel to go in. Um, now, granted, I still have three thousand some subscribers, so I'm not I'm not canceling the channel or anything like that. God uh, God knows I don't want to do that. It was hard to get those subscribers, but. Um, I'm gonna, I would like going into the fall and into the winter, there's some stuff that I really, I want to get the channel going again. And in fact, I really want to focus on the channel. Um, I have some video projects that I would like to do. I'm actually talking to Isha, who used to work at the hockey podcast. He's no longer at the network, but he's doing a lot of like video stuff and YouTube stuff. Um, I'm gonna get him to kind of take over the channel, for, so to, so to speak, and, uh, really basically try to get me monetized again. Um, I don't know what what that entails, how to get that back. Um, hopefully he can do that and we can kind of move forward. And I might be just like, and he was really talking about doing some like live Q&As or maybe like some fight video breakdowns and like, and basically do like live chats where you sit there and like the video's going and then we can all talk about it. And I know YouTube's kind of, like he was telling me, uh, YouTube's kind of really getting big into that. So that's something to look into. Um, I just maybe want to. I, I I would like to do some breakdown videos, um, take some sound bites from my channel, and like add video to it. Like like I always talk about the example of like when Dean Mayrad was fighting in the in the Enforcers tournament at, in 05 there in Prince George, where he fights Segroy in the final. Well, Mayrad really talks about that fight in my interview with him. So I'd like to have that going while the while the video while the fight of the video is going. And you can kind of match it up with the video with what Dean's talking about. Like I think just stuff like like two, three, four minute videos, like not like big two hour documentaries or anything, but just like a couple minutes. I think that would be fun. Um, yeah, just stuff like that, and kind of get back to monetization and kind of get the cha- channel bouncing a bit. And uh, 
you know, why, you know, why not, right? Um, but I mean, at the same time, it's like, you know, I only have so much time in the day between two episodes and work. Although work in the fall and winter should really slow down. Because like I said, I'm not lying, for, other than my little lake visits here. But all summer, I've worked every day. In, on Saturdays and Sundays, I go in in the mornings. You know, from like 6 to noon, 7 to 11, kind of around there. Yeah, it's not all day, but you still got to get up, still got to go, right? So, and it just, it wears you out. It burns you out, especially in the heat here and stuff. So, um, you know, you're just tired from that. Like I said, got a wife to talk to, you know, as well. And I do have a life outside of the, this basement, right? So there's only so much I can do. Um, sorry, I had to, I had to quickly stop here. I, I get the text message from my wife there that they're, they're, she's outside doing, working on the, working in the backyard. She just sent me a text. You better save whatever you're recording. A storm's coming through. So got a little rain here, but it still it looks like it's sunny out. I don't know what she's talking about, but all right. Um, <laughs> no. So anyway, I just kind of, I want to get the YouTube show back bouncing and try to do some stuff. So uh, I will keep you guys posted on that. Um, other than that, guys. Um, all right. What are we gonna? I, I have a few things that I want to talk about, and then we're gonna get into the into the guys that I recorded with. Um, so I won't keep you long here with this. But hey, we got to start at the top, right? Enforcer signings, an interesting one. I've 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 tried to use my investigative journalism skills to to little to no well to no avail. Uh, but it is reported. Well, it is on their website, and it's made the rounds on social media. Uh, and it's actually, like I said, it's on the team's official website, so it's not just. You know, Joe Blow on Facebook with his I Heard. Um, John Morasti has signed uh, with the Binghamton Black Bears of the Federal uh, Prospect Hockey League. Basically the Federal League. Um, interesting signing. Um, I don't know. Like I text John. He hasn't gotten back to me. I was like, I text a couple guys. I'm like, is this like legit? Um, did he really do this? And then... Uh, there it was on the Black Bears website. So I looked it up. Um, it is like four hours from Sudbury where uh, Shorzy is filmed. Now, I don't know if he signed there because, you know, he's helping a friend out or helping someone out. And he's going to be in Sudbury and it's like four hours to Binghamton and I'll play some home games for you. Like, I don't think he's playing the whole season there or something. I think it might be for a weekend or two or there's a break in filming. Um, that is just me speculating. This isn't from anybody or from John or anything like that. Um, I was surprised if he wasn't, if he was going to play it for a weekend, a series or something like that. I'm surprised he just didn't go back to the LNAH. That surprised me. Um, but. Because I would again, this is just a ignorant statement on my part. I'm just I'm I'm just throwing this out there. I'm just guessing. I would assume the LNH would pay more than the Federal League, but maybe not. So, uh, yeah. Oh, there's some thunder. Um. So yeah, that's what's happening. So John Morasti, Jim, has signed with the Binghamton Black Bears, the Fed. So we'll see what happens. It's a little interesting, uh, you know, because I know Shorzy 2, the season 2 is happening. Um, when I talked to John in in Edmonton, I believe he told me uh, record uh, filming is in the fall. Um, so that would obviously coincide with the with the hockey season. So, hey, it's, it's possible. Um, like I said, it's on the team website that he signed. So, um, 
you know, uh, it'll be interesting. John Rassi in the Federal League, that could be, that could be something. But, I'm just keeping you guys informed out there, that is what's going on. So, we'll see what happens this year. Um, actually there's been, there, from speaking of Ice Force signing, there's been a couple, uh, Cole Johnson, the Viking, the dude with the long goatee there. Um, he is signed with Danbury of the Federal League. And I talked to, uh, while well, you're going to hear him coming up here, one of the guys I talked to, of course, was Justice Smoke, who was, uh, who was in, obviously in Ice Wars and Ice Wars 2. And he has talked to a team, a uh, few teams actually, in a couple different leagues. He says, when I, and I didn't, we didn't get into specifics of which team. But, uh, so it's sort of up in the air of who's, if he is going to continue his hockey journey with signing with one of these. So it's cool to hear that the guys are getting some opportunities. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. If anybody out there, if you got any, if team owners or coaches are listening to this show, hey, Malcolm Humor, how about it? Looking pretty good. You know, there's a couple guys, Travis Check, a couple of Dallas Auto. Although he's a rancher, he might have shit going on. But I mean, there's a couple dudes there that were, uh, you know, pretty solid junior players and, uh, look pretty good. Nice for us. I mean, if you're looking for guys that'll tilt, it's hard to do these days. Hard to find guys. There's, there's some, there's some names for you. Look into it. I know when I had Malcolm on the show, it wasn't that he was, uh, he didn't poo poo the idea of turning pro. So maybe see Southern pro teams out there could use a guy. Give him a shot. Give him a tryout. What could it hurt? Look at this. I'm acting like the agent here, throwing it out. But uh, there you go. That's what. That's the scoop on the John Morasti signing, at the very least. Of course, as the uh, the new NHL season comes around the corner, there is always uh, the, the the big release is the uh, it's a new EA NHL game, right? NHL that comes out. Of course, NHL 23 this season. And it's always a big, who's on the cover? That's always, who's the, who's the cover boy for this year? Well, it was released. And, uh, the cover for NHL 23 is actually a dual cover. And it's got Anaheim's, uh, Trevor Zigris and, uh, Hockey Canada women's player Sarah Nurse, uh, or sharing the cover. So it's the first time, obviously, the female's been on the cover. Um, so that was, that's making the rounds. And it's like, that friggin' Zigris, I'm like, so that's what I put on social media. I said, so uh, he probably said the only way he'll do the cover is if Jay Beagle isn't in the game. <laughs> of course, he's the little cupcake that got, uh, didn't he get his friend get the shit kicked out of him because he was acting like a goof? Zigris with his Michigan game or goal and acting like donkeys when they were up 5 nothing or whatever. And uh, against Washington and then Jay Beagle took a round out of him. I think it was Washington. Isn't that who Beagle plays for? Something like that. And then he's doing the interview after. And, oh, he's so mean. But he keeps looking around the corner like Beagle's coming or something. Oh, it's just embarrassing. I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go. The new age candy ass. So, I don't know who this kid is. Some pretty boy plays for Anaheim that scores flashy goals. And he, uh, he's a pond hockey superstar. So, you know, whatever. Obviously, I'm just, you know, whatever. I mean, obviously, the kid's a great talent. I mean, I'm not knocking the kid, whatever. But, you know, fuck softer than a Tootsie Roll fruit cup, but whatever. Here we are. Is there fighting allowed in NHL 23, or did they ban that too? Who knows? Um, anyway, it was funny. I got to steal a bit from the from the radio station here. 
they're, they're, they were talking about, of course, they talked about NHL 23, and the, the guy was talking about it, but he said, uh, what was the bit? Uh, oh yeah, if, if your life, if they could make a video game cover of your, of your, uh, of your life, like, what would it be? And, uh, I was like, oh, mine would be like Dollarama 23. <laughs> I would be on the Dollarama 23 video game. I'd be the cover boy. You know, you could go into the Dollarama store, and like level one would be, uh, I don't know, you have like $7 and it's your six-year-old niece's birthday and you have $7, make it work. You know, that'd be, that'd be stage one of the game. Actually, I'd probably be 7-Eleven 23. That'd be my game. Yeah. What uh, two for five dollar energy drinks are you gonna buy? And te- is it taquitos or wedges? <laughs> that, yeah, I'd be the, the. There you go. Seven Eleven Twenty Three. You're looking at the cover boy right here. Yeah, I'd be there. I could be up there holding my uh, chicken on a stick and my my Rockstar energy drink, throwing up deuces. There, there you go. There's the cover. Seven Eleven Twenty Three with with Derek from the fourth line boys. Yeah, fatties unite. Get your seven eleven points. Oh yes. What a great episode. We're like thirty minutes in. What have we talked about here, folks? Oh yeah. Look what I got. Look what I got. It's an audio podcast. Oh yeah, here we go. I have a pack of hockey cards, folks. I was at speaking of Dollarama, I was in there yesterday, of course, at work. And uh, you know, you always gotta stop dollar right because it's like the cheapest drinks in town, right? They're like dollar drinks. So went there. And, of course, they sell, like, the hockey card packs, right? So, or, like, these gift bags. And uh, so I, I I always buy a couple. What the hell, right? Open them up. Yes. And in there was a pack of the ni- 1991 score. You know, the famous score packs from way back when, when Eric Lindros was the card to get. Future superstar Eric Lindros. And that was the coveted card of the day. So, here, so I'm going to open the pack on the air here. We'll see who we got. Alright, first card here, look at it, it's audio podcasting, we're opening hockey cards, this is this is what it's come to folks. Oh there we go, first card, Mike Leute, Randy Burridge, Gary Suter, remember Gary, Gary Suter when he was playing for Team USA, remember he hit Wayne Gretzky from behind, remember that? I, 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 Gary Suter was going to have to get bodyguards, if he ever came to Canada... Because you know, I think he was playing for the flame, or he's playing for the Flames at the time when it happened. I was like, "You're going to get lynch man at the border after hitting Gretzky from behind." Oh, Quebec Rudy Curtis Lecision. There you go, former Blade Saskatoon kid. Uh, I believe he was taken third overall. What a, he had a great career, Curtis Lecision. 1990 season. Oh, Sergey Bakarov, rookie points leader. You know what? I can tell you as I think as I sit here in 1990, I won a hockey draft. Um, my dad, when he he was uh, at a, he had an office hockey draft every year, and uh, we would go in it. And I know for sure that I won this year because I took Sergey Makarov as my final pick of the draft. I thought I would be all cute, and I was going to take a flyer on a rookie. Yeah, and he had he had. Uh, where, where Sergey Makarov with the Flames, yeah, 80 games, 86 points. Yeah, so when your final pick, because it was, you know, everybody's up and down, whatever, take 10 guys or whatever it was. If you could take your 10th guys get 86 points, you're winning that draft, and I did. Hall of, Gilbert Perot, Hall of Fame card, there you go. Adam Burt with the Whalers. Gaetan Duchesne, 
of the Minnesota North Stars. This is a really shitty pack, actually. Uh, Glenn Hanlon. Oh, you won't believe it. Guess who I got? Guess. If anybody ever follows drunk hockey carding. Of course I did. Friggin' Peter Klima. Every time. Paul Ranheim. Bernie Federko, another Saskatoon blade. Great career. Claude Lemieux. Steve Smith. There you go, the ex-oiler. And Rod the Bod Brindamore. Actually, this is Rod Brindamore's rookie card. There you go. With the, with the St. Louis Blues. Well, not one t- Well, Steve Smith was kind of a tough guy. I was never a big Steve Smith fan. But, uh, you know, big defenseman. Played physical, though. But, yeah. Man, no tough guys. No, no Lindros in that one, unfortunately. So, there we go. The uh, We're opening hockey cards on an audio podcast. That's what it's come to, folks. Anyway, folks, how about enough of my yapping here? Let's get into this. Uh, how about we get, uh, we'll get to my guests here. I want to thank the guys that came on. Um, and, uh, like I said, I think going forward, I think it's, it's kind of a unique idea. I think I'm going to, you know, tweak a few things and get it a little more perfected. But in the meantime, these are the guys that I got on. And, uh, I want to thank them for taking the time to coming on the show. Uh, uh, John Searson, uh, Justice Smoke, uh, Joe Lazito, William Chipaway, and Jordan Roach. Um, but for everybody else that got a hold of me, I apologize again. Uh, but we'll definitely do something down the line. Guys, next Saturday, September 3rd, the Bob Probert Invitational Tournament is starting on Twitter. Get out and vote. If you're not on Twitter, just sign up. It literally takes 30 seconds. Just be the anonymous egg, ABC123, just so you can vote. Fourth line voice, get on there. We vote every day. New round every day. It's going to be a lot of fun. 64 of the baddest dudes. Until one remains, we'll see what happens. But, uh... Wednesday is going to be the preview show. I have Steve from when Probert was King.com coming back. We always, I always like to have him on to do the preview shows for these tournaments. And Dante, a returning guest, we're going to get him on. So we're going to do a little three-man round table. We're going to talk about the matchups, talk about some old names I think you guys will dig. And I'll get their opinions on the guys. And we'll just, it'll be just a general good old time bullshit session. So tune in for Wednesday's preview show. Uh, I look forward to talking to all you guys. I'm looking forward to the episode and the broad program invitation is going to be badass as always. So everyone, I know a lot of people look forward to it every year. So as do I, so I have fun bringing it to you guys. So we're going to have a lot of fun voting and talking and just bullshitting and it'll be good time. So that happens September 3rd gloves drop. So, but here we go. In the meantime, let's get to my guests. I'm going to hit them with a random question. Let's see what their answers are. We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Thanks everybody. All right, here on the fourth line voice, I have a, it's kind of a, on the Sunday episode here, I, I was struggling to come up with an idea and I was sitting there and I figure, okay, I'm going to call this, this kind of segment, put you on the spot. So I'm going to phone up random people here and I'm going to, they don't know what question I'm going to ask them. I'm going to hit them with something and we're going to get the honest off the top of their head answers here. So this could, this could prove to be an interesting little segment. And my first, uh, my first victim here. All the way across the pond. I've had him on the show before. Is uh, John out in the UK? John, how's it going tonight? I'm good, thanks, Darren. How are you? I'm very good. Well, we've been rapping here for a little while, and I know it's like super late there. Yeah. You got, and you got to work in the morning, so um, I'm not going to keep you. Yeah, for two- yeah. I have work tomorrow, and when uh, when I when I first spoke to you about coming on, I said this is going to be quick. You said, "Yeah, no problem." And then 
we've been on the phone for the last two and a half hours before we started recording now. So yeah, it's how it goes. Yeah, it does. Yeah, we're getting. I'm getting all the <laughs> just, all the gossip. Yeah, talking mad shit about Alec. You know, it'll be great. Yeah, we've been doing it all here. <laughs> Alec, I was saying to you before, Alec needs to stay that extra day in Philly. I know he, he does. You, I can't believe he would ditch out like that. I don't think he will. I, I, he, I'd be really let down if I heard that. I know, I know. I can't believe the timing. I can't believe the timing. Yeah. One, one extra night. That's all he needs. Yep. No, we'll we'll figure it out. But my question for you is, okay, and again, John doesn't know the question I'm going to hit him with here. But um, what's your favorite NHL team? Uh, Flyers. Exactly. I see. I knew that. But okay, for the listeners, it's the Philadelphia Flyers. Okay, well, everybody on this show, I've heard from numerous people when I do the solo episodes, they love the lists. People love lists. So I'm going to come up with a list. But, I mean, it would be easy to, okay, who are the five toughest flyers? That's too easy. I want to hear your top five most overrated flyer fighters. Oh. Oh, uh. So now I'm gonna make uh, you, I'm, I'm gonna make you talk shit about your favorites. Now here we go. I'm I, I'm 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 kind of stumped with that question. Uh, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Overrated. I feel like uh, I feel like I'm gonna be shitting on guys when I say it. Um. Look at the asshole position I have put you in. Look at this. And, and you agreed to come on, and this is what I do to you. Overrated's probably not the right word. We're not shitting on anybody. I mean, I kid. We, I'm, I'm always about the boys and the fighters. It takes balls to fight. I'm not knocking anybody like that. I don't mean it like that way. But in terms of like, okay, you have your top five. Oh, Dave Brown and whatever and all, Baruby and all those guys. Like I said, that was an easy one. But, who was just like, as I said, as a fan, you're kind of like, because I know you got all the flyer footage and all that. Who was sort of the, like the, you know, they were the kind of the tough guys, but it was like, oh, they kind of left you wanting more. Um, like I said, I think I'm going to struggle to get five here because it's, um, for such a rich history, I mean, I, I mean, I'm just going for my, I've said it before, I'm. I'm pretty ignorant with like seventies and eighties. It's just uh, my wheelhouse is like the mid nineties on. Mine too. Yeah. So yeah. from that, uh, from that era, there, there, there's been some like real big names there, but there's not there's not been that many. If you if you kind of know what I mean. Um, See, like, I could help you a little bit. Like, I think two that would come to mind if someone had asked me this question would well, be like... Let me on. The, the, the one name that popped into my head straight away, Scott Daniels. Okay. Okay, uh, there's, there's one. The, what I was going to throw out, because you're not a 70s or 80s guy, but I was going to throw out, like, Fatio or Al Secord. Those would be two of the names that I would throw out. That they sort okay. of they sort of ended their careers in Philadelphia. Of course, they had the big reps and all that, so... I was going to say that might have been a bit of a letdown to a Philly fight fan with those two. Again, it, um, again, they're, 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 again, those are both out of my wheelhouse. To be fair, well, exactly, uh, yeah. But I mean, okay, well, we say you know. So I mean, I've said, I've said Scott Daniels. People are probably going to fly at me with the uh, with proof of uh, yeah, he, he was good. He was good. But I'm, 
I'm just saying, off the top of my head, I just can't really. It's just one of those names. What when people say, I just don't really remember that much. And it was at a time I was watching. Uh, I'd say another name, Daniel Lacroix. That's a, that was the name I was going to just throw at you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because like I, I know from going back on the old message board days, I know you were a part of those as well. And I mean, yeah. you know, there was always a big flyer contingent. Like you said, they had such a rich history. So there was always some, you know, there's a lot of flyer talk and whatever. And all you flyer guys would get in there and all that. I was just kind of like, you know, looking back on it as a flyer guy, it's like, who, who like, was there anybody, like I said, was there a name that came up that kind of like, ah, that didn't really pan out like I thought it would. Like, I was excited that we got him, but it was like, ah. Like, you know, like I was thinking like an Antoski. Oh. Like. Yeah, um. A name, and this guy is is my all-time favorite NHL tough guy. But when he came to the Flyers, it wasn't very eventful, but Gino Ojic. There you go. Yep. Yep. I actually, actually, I completely forgot Gino was in Philly. Well, there you go. That's sort of, oh, there you go. Proof is in the pudding right there. And again, yeah. Yeah, yeah he came in late that year. Uh, and like I say, it's, it's hard to say that because... Yeah, he is. He's, he's my all-time favorite NHL tough guy. But yeah, when he was at the Flyers, I mean, uh, fuck, he, I'm trying to think who he fought, but he kept the glove on for the fight, so obviously he's got bad hands. and He just... You could tell it was coming towards the end when he was there, if you know what I mean. Yep, yep. Well, so we got Daniels, Lacroix, Ojic. Well, you're doing pretty good. You got, you know... Uh, I mean, we can say it was just three. We can end it now so we, we you, you're not completely run out of the Philadelphia Flyer fan group. <laughs> like, like I said, I fly into Philly on the 70th of September. I could get lynched at the uh, airport. I know. I'm, so. giving, I'm giving you heat for when you're showing up in Philly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, want to, I don't want one of those four Flying Boys t-shirts anymore after this. No. Oh, God, you don't want one of those. That's no. <laughs> um... Okay, well, uh, since I put... I would say was, again, it's, I wouldn't say overrated, but it's kind of like, he looked a monster in the AHL, but when he actually came up to the Flyers, he kind of, what he would do with who, who else was on the team, but he kind of, he, he always kind of looked like that number two guy, Jim Vandermeer. Yeah. Uh, and Jim Vandermeer is tough as fuck. Again, it's I, I, I'm trying to find guys to pick fault with. If you know what I mean, this is this is a horrible question. I know oh. it's a horrible question. That's why I named it. Put you on the spot. That's what the segment <laughs> is. Yeah. Uh, um, well, here we can switch gears because I know I've got you twisted in the wind here, and you're not really pumped with it. So <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a softball up on a tee here for you, so we can end we'll end this misery on a positive note. <laughs> okay, um, let's go. Yeah, well, who are your top five? Not the toughest, but your... Who are your favorite five toughest? No, we'll say that in your mind. Nah, we won't do that. Who is your fa- your favorite five flyer tough guys? My favorite five flyer tough guys. Uh, number one, Top of Dork. Really? That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I like the fridge, too. Yeah. I was just surprised. I don't know why that's surprised. Yeah, actually, I the fridge. Yeah, I knew that, actually, after you said that. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, okay. The fridge, yeah. Uh, number two, um, probably, uh, PJ Stock. That's interesting. I, I, I mean, I love PJ Stock. 
I thought it was funny because I never really think of him as everybody thinks of him as a Bruin, right? But that's, yeah, yeah. that's right. Again, he was in Philly. That's right. Yeah, when, when he was in Philly, those games, those games against Pittsburgh, when Pittsburgh had like Boudinot and Olawa, and uh, the Flyers had McAllister, Stock, um, uh, Fedoric, uh, and then um, well, Pittsburgh also had Barnaby. And, uh, yeah, but just look at those rosters from back then. Both teams was pretty stacked. Uh, unbelievable. I mean, like yeah. the Flyers had guys like uh, Adam Burt. Adam Burt would fight. Um, Primo, Keith Primo would fight. So yeah, there, there was just there was a lot of sandpaper on those teams, which always made for made for good games. Fucking out, Billy Tibbetts was in Pittsburgh at that era as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it was always fun games. Absolutely. No, oh, what a time! What a time! Yeah. So we got Fedoric Stock. Who's three? Uh, three. Riley Cote. There you go. Yeah, I'm down with Riley Cote. I was a big fan of Riley Cote's too. You know what? It was weird. The thing with Cote that always kind of it it, it bugged me at the time because I remember him in Prince Albert and all that stuff, and I liked him here and whatever. So I was always pumped when he got the call up to the Flyers and stuff. But you remember on the message board, it seemed like a lot of the old Philly regular guys was it just they kind of shit on him, like they weren't like they're like oh he's a punching bag and all this. And I'm I'm watching the stuff. I'm like he's doing pretty good. I mean, he was quite wide open every time. Yeah, like I mean, he's like exciting. He's fighting everybody, and you guys are like, "How are you shitting on this guy? Like seriously? Like, yeah, he wasn't going to be the number, like you know, number one champ or anything." But I mean, if you're a fight fan, how are you knocking Riley Cote? I'm like, seriously? Like, I don't know. He was pretty good to me. Uh, okay. So favorites. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw Luke Richardson in there just because. When, when I when I first became like a when I first got to an age and I was a big hockey fan, I really knew what was going on. Luke Richardson was pretty active in Philly. He was. He was very active in Philly. He had some big he had some big wins in Philly too. You yeah. know, I never thought Richardson was much of a fighter. Really, like he'd fight and whatever. But he when he got into Philly, he got into some bangers when he was with the Flyers. And I was like, yeah, he he t- he took he took on all comers. He did. No, I'm down. These are good names here. See, we're we're hitting. We're getting on the B side here, folks. We're getting some deep cuts. This is what I, this is a good question here. Okay, well, you're number five. And, uh, sorry, just back, back to Lou Richardson for a second. A fight always sticks out is uh, he fought Paul Cruz in Buffalo, and from the square off, uh, Richardson loses his balance after he throws the first punch. But that first punch was devastating. He cut he cut Cruz pretty good with it. Yeah. Do you remember that fight? I do. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Richardson, yeah. I was down with Luke Richardson, man. He had, he had some good ones. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm trying to stay away from, like, uh, Barube, McCarthy, and, uh, like, like, the big... I'm trying I'm trying to think of some names that's uh, kind of, like, went under the radar a little. Um, so, number See, I'm trying, trying to think of names that were on the radar. I would say Brashier, but I'm, I'm, I, want, I want to think of a name other than Brashier that's going to get people thinking. Uh, oh, I, I can't believe you haven't mentioned them yet. I was talking. Oh to yeah, them. yeah, yeah. See, I, 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 I thought Brashier was uh, was pretty dominating when he was in Philly. He was. Yeah, they was good years when he was in Philadelphia. Yeah. 
And you, you had you had games where the Flyers was dressing Fedora Brashia and Chris McAllister. That's, that's that toughness is insane. That's scary shit. No, that's not who I'm talking about though. I can't believe you haven't mentioned this guy yet. I know you're a fan. I thought for sure he would have been in your. You would have thrown his name out right away. I thought you would have said him already. To be honest. Um, well, you've got me on the. I say this on the spot. I think this name must be slipping there. So uh, he was at Ice Wars with me. Oh, Dan Cordick? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Cordick was cool. See, I, I thought for sure that's the name you would have fucking thrown at me, but I was surprised. Mm. Uh, yeah, and Cordick was... Um, yeah, Cordick was one of the earlier tough guys I remember. So, uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's... Uh, are you just scanning your bar bar wall right now for pictures, like to get? No, in? I'm in my kitchen, so there's, oh. there's, there's there's literally no references in here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's literally no reference in here. I'm just going off the top of my head. Like, uh, like I say, this this is a great segment you've thought of here, and uh, well, you, oh, oh, as I'm going to as I'm going to inter- come on. Well, when 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 the listeners hear our uh, how on the spot you put guys. They're not gonna. They're not gonna want to do this. Oh, as I said, I'm gonna get a bunch of different guys on here. Do you know how much dead air this episode's gonna have? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, honorable mentions. I love Chris McAllister. Uh, I thought McAllister was was awesome. I mean, uh, yep. Where he, where he was in Vancouver before he came to Philly, wasn't he? Is that, yep. where, is that where he came from? I believe so. But, yep. Uh, yep. But yeah, he yeah he was just. I, I thought he was a great fighter, and uh, obviously. I, Heard since he, he didn't really like the role and uh, wasn't comfortable, but you, you'd have never noticed that at the time. No, he did great in Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, legit killer. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's it. I think that's the list. We got her. I, 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 uh, the, I can't see you, but I know you were squirming on that first question. I was, I was laughing. Oh, I'm laughing to myself over here. Look at this. Like, I, I, these people are nice enough to come on, and then I just screw them over with these questions. But, uh, dude, my, my my thumb was hovering over the end call button when you first asked that question. <laughs> I don't even know how I'm going to answer this. I know, so. I know. I, I'll, don't worry. I'm going to hit. I'm going to hit a few people with some questions <laughs> here that'll make them awkward. But, but. We've, I know we've talked for a long time here, so I won't keep you any longer. Plus, I think my wife's waiting upstairs to eat barbecue here. So, um, I know it's super late there. So, I want to thank yeah, you, man, I, for coming on. No problem. Like I was saying, it's I need I need to I need to spend a couple of evenings and look into this because I am I am really really ignorant to a lot of stuff pre mid nineties. I would say ninety seven ninety eight is the first year where I was really. Uh, I was really invested myself in what was going on and really like took note and took everything in. But, uh, Oh, it's pretty tough. You're over in the UK too. It's not like it was readily available back then either. No. Um, so it's kind of like, uh, yeah. So I always kind of, uh, back out of watching an old DVD cause I just, I always want to put something on where I know where everybody is. If you oh, know I mean. I, oh yeah. We're all guilty of that. I'm the same way. Right. Oh, with you, I know that. You're just going to go right to an LNAH disc and get on with things. That's what you're going to do. For those wondering, John has his YouTube channel is Classic Quebec Violence. It is tremendous. And that is like the best name ever for a YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, I, Classic Quebec League Violence. Exactly. Like yeah. I say, funny story. The reason I named it that was because on the uh, on the UK forum, there was a guy. He's, 
fuck. He's such a fucking nerd. So anti-fighting. And he used to always throw at me, you're not a hockey fan, you're just a fan of violence. So when I set a channel up, I had to get violence in the name just to try and piss him off a little bit. And you're my spokesman in the UK. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No wonder my ratings are plummeting over there. <laughs> Look who I'm hitching my wagon to. <laughs> yeah, this is the, yeah, that's, that's the one. The, the UK office. Yeah, the, the UK you might, office. You might want to reconsider those positions. Oh, I know. There might, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a draw and your name came up. Yeah, there could be some cuts in your, in your, in your, <laughs> yeah, in your department. There could be some cutbacks. You and Paul, the other one over there. Yeah. But, uh, no, man, I want to thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it. I know it's super late, so, uh, but we'll definitely do this again. But, uh, sorry, sorry. I just want to say one more thing about the flies before I go. Just absolutely. But it's pretty interesting. When you were saying overrated, I imagine some people would say overrated, but I think that's very unfair. Roman Vopat, that 98-99 year, uh, the Flyers went with, with pretty much nothing and basically threw the, threw the role onto Vopat. And uh, he, he took on pretty much everybody who came his way. He did. And uh, sometimes it didn't look great, but he still, still did what he had to do. And then obviously management... Recognized that was an issue because on the uh, on the trade deadline they brought in McCarthy and Berube. So yeah, Craig Berube returning and wearing number thirty-two. It looks so weird. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I just, uh, that just oh, it's, hey man, it's it's great. I love it. But uh, no, thank you for coming on. No problem. Thank you. All right, here we are. The next, uh, the next contestant on the show here, um, is a returning guest, Ice Wars competitor, Justice Smoke. Justice, how you, how you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? Very good. Very good. Well, I know we were just kind of talking off air, but for the people listening, uh, how are you feeling after, uh, after this? Well, I'll ask you this. After Ice Wars 2, I didn't, cause I really didn't get a chance to talk to you too much afterwards. How did you, uh, when you went home, I'm sure you watched it on tape and everything. How did you feel overall about your performance? Um, I was pretty happy. I was pretty happy about it. I, uh, I knew with the weight cut, people expected me to lose the, the power and the, the punch, but I mean, I, I showed what I had in the first round there and I was pretty impressed with that. I mean, obviously it was, I was, I was shocked myself. Didn't, didn't think I was going to hit drop them that quick. But uh, in my second fight, I, I mean, going against Justin Schmidt, that guy's nails. Um, I, I mean, I mean, I figured it was going to be me and him in the finals if our bracket worked that way. So, yeah, I don't know. I was, it was, it was, I figured it was a good fight. Like I thought, I thought it was well. I mean, I didn't go down or anything. So to me, it's it's kind of still a draw. I feel like uh, just talks with me going to FP to FP right now and. Everybody wants that rematch, so I'm not too sure how that's going to work or how that's going to go. But yeah, I don't know. He's like I said, he's a tough dude. I hit him with a few power shots, and he still didn't drop. I expected him to go down, but no, he's that guy's that guy's one solid dude for sure. Yeah, he is. Yeah, tough dude. And uh, well, I, yeah, that was going to be my next question. I had I had seen kind of the the rumors out there on on the message board that the that the federal league had gotten a hold of you. Um, is this something you're doing? Uh, so I wrote a few offers from the Fed and uh, just kind of laying out my options about kind of seeing what's best for me and my family and whatnot and what the best would be for my future. So 
kind of going from there. But yeah, there's just yeah, we're we're kind of looking at the ideas. I've had a few offers from other places too, like different leagues from for lacrosse and stuff. So more or less, kind of seeing what what I want to do and where I want to go, and then yeah, just kind of making the choice. And but I mean, it's coming it's coming up fast, so it's yeah, I got to make that choice probably this week. You'll probably hear the news somewhere. That's cool, man. That's great. That's uh, yeah. Um, well, and uh, well, for this, um, basically, like I said before, it was just sort of just kind of a fun little exercise. With a, you know, I've phoned I've phoned up random people, just kind of giving them random questions to see, you know, off the top of their head what their answers what their uh, answers were. But um, I've got a couple for you. But the first one, I'm just going to give you a softball one. This is going to kind of be like a get to know just a smoke kind of thing. And, you know, being you know, I know you enjoy the hockey, the hockey fights, of course, and everything. Who is just the smokes? Uh, five, like if you're you're on YouTube or whatever, and you're going down the rabbit holes. Who are the five fighters that you're looking at? What do you uh, explain that better? Like, who are your five favorite NHL fighters, hockey fighters? Oh, um, easy Jordan Kutu, Todd Bertuzzi, Colbert, um. She knows who they would be. I'm trying to think right now. I don't even know who would fight. Well, even any of the Chicago, you're a Chicago fan. So, you can see, looking Keith used to fight those guys with Bernays. Like, yeah, I don't know. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of guys I used to watch growing up fighting. Like, that's, that's a big reason I watched, that's what, like, why I watched hockey. Like, I, I used to jump shit from teams and bandwagons because I liked the different dudes. Like, I like Toronto when they were strong, and yeah, I went I went all over from there. Like, uh, you, uh, I was gonna say, so you're just bouncing from like Domi to friggin' Larock to everybody here. <laughs> yeah, literally, it was like whoever was going crazy and was making like the crazy, like yeah, I was being a crazy guy in the NHL, like where I was going. And then eventually, it was I got made fun of by my family so much that it was, I had to pick a team, so I just picked Chicago. <laughs> oh, there you go, there you go. Um, Hey, did I read right that you're you're because uh, I I saw that you were talking about NHL 23. Are you a big gamer? Oh yeah, I'm a huge gamer. I I used to game all the time. My big dream growing up was to be a, a major league gamer, a professional gamer. But yeah, that's every kid's dream. So didn't work out. Well, it well it's funny here. I'm the old man here because I I'm gonna I like the systems I played. You weren't even born yet, like Sega Genesis and shit like that. That's my that was my level of video gaming. Um, and now I couldn't believe I it was a bunch of the young kids at work were talking. Yeah, there's like prof- like there's dudes that get paid for this shit. I'm like, what? What is this? Like, that's unbelievable. Um, yeah. Well, what platform are you on? Like Xbox or PlayStation? Uh, I I have Xbox One right now, and then I mean I feel like coming for the next couple of games coming like coming up to this kind of year when the big releases are for games, I'll probably I'll probably buy both honestly. Just uh, I have friends on both, and I have family on both that like always want to play, so it opens it up to me. So, well, I'm gonna but say Xbox right now. Well, I was gonna say, did you I, did you see AJ talking some shit? Yeah, yeah, of course, always. Always, we're gonna have to build that that Ice Wars community going, and we're gonna have to set up some set up some arguments. I was gonna say, there's, there's, uh, yeah, there's gonna be some uh, some Ice Wars competition here for those listening. I guess there, here's your chance to just take on Justice Smoke in the NHL 23. Um, but yeah, I saw AJ was talking shit online that cracked me up. Um, uh, 
Well, it was, uh, like, I know, like I was saying, back in the day with the Sega Genesis and NHL, that's how old I am, NHL 93 and NHL 94, Jeremy Roenick was, like, the most dominant player ever in those Sega Genesis games. I'm I'm not a video game guy anymore, but, like, in these new incarnations of the EA game, the 2020 and 21 and 22, who who's, like, the... Who's the dominant player on in these games? In like twenty three, yeah, or like twenty two or whatever. Like, yeah, like who is there? Like some guy that's like ridiculously good. Um, there's always the the OP guys. Like McDavid's always crazy good and like has the handles. And then there's like always the super fast guys. Um, like Panera and Kane are always like always faster than everybody. Obviously McDavid and Crosby, and then. Uh, yeah, obviously you have your goons that are like way too OP, like Char is always just an absolute like tank. And uh yeah, like any, anyone that's really making a splash in the NHL and making a big name, like that's yeah, it's like pretty on point on it's like even like oh uh what's his name? Uh Calgary guy. Katrak is a goon, like and he believe me actually like puts points up, but he's still good in the game and like still actually is like rocking people and making big hits and shit. It's good. That's hilarious. Yeah, because I can remember like back when we were playing like the Genesis is like you know, you'd be like pre-gaming and drinking, but everybody'd still be playing the uh, the Genesis, you know, in the basement or something before we went somewhere. But it was like certain teams yeah. were like were like banned, right? Okay, like you can't use these guys because like Ronick and them are too good, so you had to use someone else. Yeah, but it was always funny how like when you'd look at the rankings and stuff, there was always like a few guys that were just like so much better than everybody else. Like, yeah. Like in that mid two thousand, like when they had like Lindros was playing in Philadelphia, like that guy was like he was like the most incredible. It was almost like when you make like the total sick create a player. That's how he how good he was. Yeah, no hundred percent. Yeah, but um, well, I I won't keep you too long. I have one last question for you. And this I'm going to put you on the spot right here. We got just the smoke. Like I said, Ice Wars competitor. Right now, right now, if AJ is listening, and all the Ice War guys are listening. We're going to do a little UFC thing here. Who are you calling out? Who does Justice Smoke want to fight next at Ice Wars 3? Um, honestly, I'll call it anyone out, but me personally, I would love to fight either A, Bo Cornell, a jawbreaker. Um, Bo's a good buddy of mine, but I feel like that's a match that has to be settled between for A, Cruiserweight, and two, all the Ice Wars. Um, I feel like I want it. I know he wants it. And to me, I know we're, we're good buddies, but we're going to go full out on each other and we would just stand and bang. Well, there we go. You heard it here, folks. There's the call. Ice Wars 3. AJ, make it happen. Bo Cornell, I hope you're listening. I'll have to, maybe I'll have to get Bo on the line here. I'm going to get get his reaction to it here. Maybe I'm, I'm like Don King over here. I'm a matchmaker. I'm setting shit up. AJ, yeah. I'm, I'm doing your job here for you, AJ. But, uh, no, I think that'd be, that'd be a really interesting matchup too, you know, cause he'd be, well, a guy like that, that he's got a lot of length too, right? Like long arms and shit. Like that'd be interesting. Yeah. I was going to ask you when you, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say when, when, uh, when you were talking about Schmidt there and like, obviously you kind of like, he was sort of the, you know, the name favorite guy, you know, lack of favorite going into the tournament or whatever. Did you do a lot of, did you watch a lot of video on him? Uh, I watched a few. He had, uh, I watched his, like his, he had a compilation of the 2020, 21, 22 season. Yep. So I watched that probably twice. 
Um, but I knew going in, I knew like he was like I knew his record of fighting and how much like how I knew he was tough. Like, and uh, I had like I had my team kind of look into him just to figure things out. Just uh, basically not be weighing over my head or kind of have an idea of how each fight fighter did. But like I I did study each fighter that was in that tournament like very well, and I had an idea of how they were gonna like uh, throw the first punch or like what they were gonna do first, like what their first move was, and. Uh, there was obviously a lot of my team who studied and did it properly, and then like we were, they were talking about it, showing me it, and like we worked on it. And uh, yeah, no, I studied yeah everybody pretty well. Uh, the only person who was pretty pretty different was Bo Cornell, though, because Bo from the first fights to now was completely completely different. Bo worked his ass off and made himself a lot stronger and a lot tougher, and that's why I think that would be a good fight. Yeah, he did. Yeah, no, he really improved. I know talking to a bunch of guys, Dean Mayrad and a bunch of them, they were all really impressed with his improvement. Yeah, he, yeah, he looked really well. I was going to say when you were talking about Schmidt and you had your guys look into it and stuff, when you fought him, did he, did he do what you thought he was going to do? Like as you had trained for it, did he, did that, is that how he fought you? A lot of his fights, he, he, he stays out and like, just kind of swings. With me, he brought, he brought me in close. And like you know, if I had any close shots and uppercuts and stuff, which was I mean, did me good. And he, like he got me a few times pretty good. And uh, but to me, I I should have try, kept trying to hold him out. I was I kept I would hold him into it. I was trying I was trying to like uh, if he was holding me in, I didn't want to lose lose all my energy pulling him away and like fighting just more or less lose my energy fighting him off than actually feeding him shots. So I tried to play a game against him and try punching him exactly the way he was. But shit, he ties me up good. He yeah, he's good. He's good at grappling and clinching and shit. So, yeah, so like, a difference. yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, he's just a veteran guy, right? I mean, it's yeah, no shame in losing to him. That's for sure. I mean, uh, yeah. in terms of just like I know everybody talks, you know, the forty pounds you lost, everything. Well, and like we had talked about it in the review show. I mean, after the first, the well nine seconds knockout, I mean, clearly the power was still there. But did you did you feel like you lost some power? And how was your cardio? Like, were you pretty? Were you kind of zapped, or were you there? Were you in it? Uh, I was pretty good, honestly. Like, um, I know for my well, always my first fight, I was I was good. Um, like, I had like lost no energy, and then, um, but the whole the whole week of like, the whole week coming up to my fight, I literally worked on my left foot like solidly. That's like that was my biggest thing was I'm gonna catch somebody with a left, and I want and I want to knock somebody out because no one's been like fully sleep, like, sleeping yet. And, uh, yeah, so that was a big thing we worked on all week and, uh, breaking off a clinch and then doing that and, uh, land, landing it. And, uh, it was crazy. I was training with my trainers and my team and there was times where, like, I would break off and I would punch them and their hand wasn't up, their, like, the gloves wasn't up in time and I would punch them in the head, like, pretty hard and they'd have to go sit down or whatever or chill out and switch off. It was, it was fun, man. It was, it was good. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't think I lost. Too much power, energy wise, I felt pretty good. We, we, we ate really clean. We ate like everything properly. Like, we should like how we would do it to keep energy. And uh, yeah, no, I felt good. And then kind of the Schmitty fight. In that fight, I think in the second round, I got super gassed. I uh, yeah, but I, I kind of knew I was losing. So then I was trying to feed him like big big haymakers or whatever. So I got gassed doing that. And then while we were clinching, I, I I literally told him that I was like, dude, I'm so fucking gassed right now. And he was like, now we have a show to do. Like, let's go. He's like, let's like, hold on. You got this. And I was like, okay, let's fucking go. And then we like kind of pulled off again. We were punching each other in the head. And then, yeah, I was kind of like, we each other until 
No, it was a solid boat, man. You had a hell of a showing, and uh, it was fun to watch. And I look forward to, uh, I know a bunch of people uh, look forward to uh, to see you in, uh, in Ice Wars 3 here. I know I got my merch. I got my, uh, yeah. there we go. I'm, I'm ready to go. Um, but no matter where it is, uh, looking forward to seeing it. I appreciate you coming on tonight. I won't take up any more of your time. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to seeing what, uh, what your hockey future holds for you. It'll be, uh, an interesting, like you said, a week or two here with, uh, some decisions to be made. But, uh, I'm looking forward to it. But, uh, all right, man, I'll let you go. But thank you once again. All right. Thank you for having me on, man. Hey, take it easy, man. Appreciate it. All right, here on the fourth line, boys. I got, oh, look at this. Look who I got from New York. Out of retirement. <laughs> Give it a Lazito. Yeah. Broadway, Joe Lazito. Joe, how's it going tonight? Oh, man. Uh, you know, <clears throat> you had to get me out of, you had to dust me off, get me out of mothballs and uh, and all that stuff. I'm a little nervous. I don't know what's coming, but, uh, you know, I uh, I answered the call when I saw it. So, uh, so I'm always happy to talk to you, but I am a little nervous. Uh, well, here we go. It, it was the comeback no one asked for, but here we are. <laughs> I told you I was going to get you on. We'll we'll do more in the future here, but today I I was thinking I got to come up with a Sunday episode. And I'm struggling for idea. I'm like I don't know what to talk about. I'm going to try something different. So I like I so I put it out online. I said, well, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to call I'm going to call it putting you on the spot, and I'm going to get whoever on the phone. They don't know what the question is. Joe doesn't know what I'm going to ask him here. And I'm gonna hit you with something, and I'm and I'm like I don't know if I'm gonna see him squirm a little bit or if they'll come up with answers right away. I had Searson on the line. I thought he was gonna hang up on me. For God's sake, he was twisting so much. But I'm are, like, we, so, are we get are we all getting the same question, or are these tailored to each one of us? Tailored to each one of you. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then I put it out online, and I was gonna get a bunch more people, but I'm gonna have to wait until tomorrow. Because I ended up talking like an old lady in a knitting circle to Searson. And to you, we've gone on and on. I'm sure my wife's gone to I know your wife went to bed. Mine's probably already heading there already. So, you know, so, uh, yeah, we're like a couple, you know, teenage girls in the basement here. But, uh, but here we go. I got, I got the question. Well, one of the, I gotta, I have two questions for you, but here's the first one. And of course, Joe, for those, I mean, everybody listening knows Joe Lazito. I mean, he had the Coliseum Chronicles, the New York Islander podcast. Well, I'm not going to ask you your five favorite Islander fighters, because that, that's a softball. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to ask you, who are the who are your five most disappointing Islander fighters? Wow. I, I'm going to, well... The the tough part about this is I I think for people our age and for people like us who appreciate the role and appreciate the job that they do, um, we we understand that wins and losses don't really mean anything. Um, We understand what the the role is and what the purpose of the fighting is. So – uh, you you could get a younger person on here, and they're going to say, "Well, so and so only won ten percent of his fights, or or whatever." Um, this is a tough one because 
as far as the guys who've come here that or, or were drafted that were supposed to be the heavyweights, and even um, like I'll give you an example. Like I, I've said this, I think I said it in my interview with him, and I've said it to whoever uh, Aaron Asham. The day he got traded, he got traded uh, on one of the draft days, and nobody, well, the majority of people didn't know who he was. Now I had known him; I, I'd met him in. Fredericton through Terry Ryan, and of course, you know, I'm a huge fan of his, and, and I always relay the story that um, Andrew and I were at the draft party when they announced the trade that they got Aaron Ashen for Marius Tchaikovsky. Her and I were like, we we're screaming. I was so happy, and everyone's looking at us because the average fan at that point doesn't really know a lot about Aaron Ashton because he was in Montreal and Fredericton and everyone, you know, because Marish Tchaikovsky, he's got the long hair and he, he scores 20, 25 goals a year, even though he's a floater and he's more interested in looking at the, the broads and the stands. So they kind of like him and we're ecstatic. And I, I think people didn't really know what to expect from Ashram. And Ashram got here and he was, I mean, everybody knows how tough he is and he was fantastic and he's scoring goals and, so even a guy like that who the hardcore fight fan knows how tough he is, I think even the average fan was probably surprised with how tough he is. And, you know, he's a light heavy, but he fought, he fights all the heavyweights. I And all the heavyweights that came here, um, or, or like I said, were came in through the system, nobody's really, nobody was really disappointing. I People, a lot of times people will maybe talk about Steve Webb, um, and like his his one loss record, but Webb was a guy that he he was uh, Webb was a he was thick he was a he was well put together, but he's a smaller guy, but he's fighting heavyweights like he's fighting these absolute killers, he, you know. And Webb's job was more of a hitter and an agitator too, but he he didn't back down from anybody. So if you look at his win loss record, it's not great, but. When Webb was here, I mean, the guy stepped on the ice and the place just went crazy because it probably similar to, um, you know, Kevin Kaminsky in Washington or, or guys like that. Um, so I don't – I'm trying to think. I'm trying to rack my brain about um, – I feel bad because I, I, I know it may seem like I'm dancing around it. I, I don't think they ever got anybody that – I was really disappointed in, and, and, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, literally sitting here racking my brains. Um, Look at Teflon Joe just sliding out of it. Look at that. I, I wish, you know what? I wish there was, it, I, and it sucks because I know, I know, uh, it would be cool if I could name someone, but I'm just kind of going through the Rolodex here. Um, no, I, I don't know. I, there's nobody. No, I got no one. I got no one because right, every. Well, I'll, well I'll, how's this? How's this? Everybody that came here, everybody that came here, or everybody that was drafted, um, that was expected to do the job, did the job. I mean, um, you know, take a guy like Cairns, who with the Rangers. Uh, you know, he was up and down with the Rangers and, and Binghamton and up and down Rangers and Hartford. And, you know, a lot of times he'd let guys get inside. And then when he came to the Islanders, he just turned into King Kong. Um, you know, they get Goddard from Florida and he comes here and he's, he's Eric Goddard. I mean, I, there's, 
you know, I mean, everybody knows the legends, you know, Gillies and Eichstrom Howitt, um, you know, Vakoda, you know, Bomber came here parts of three seasons was phenomenal. Um, I, I honestly can say, and uh, people think I'm a homer anyway, but I, I, there's nobody that I was disappointed in. So I'm sorry that I suck. Well, it's been great having you on the show. Thanks for uh, coming <laughs> on. Like, that was a real exciting well, fucking... I'm glad point. I talked to you for two hours. Fuck, for that setup. Okay, well, I got my next question for you. All right. Since that one fucking bombed, I'm not even going to edit. I'm going to leave that in. Um, yeah, leave it in. I mean, I listen, I, I readily admit, I just, I don't... There's nobody that I can think of. I, I just, I'm trying. Even a guy like Jansen's, he was here for a cup of coffee, and he had four or five fights, and there was nothing to be disappointed in. How about Gino? Gino had a lot of abdominal injuries when he was here. So, so like, if you talk about Gino, if you if you um, look at his resume with Vancouver, obviously that's that's where you know we made his mark and that's where he's a legend and everything like that. When he got here, um, he had a lot of abdominal injuries. I don't know if people really knew that, and he had a lot of uh, I think tears and. When you have an, when you have abdominal issues, um, you can't sneeze without it being in pain. So I don't know if that impacted uh, if that impacted him, but I know his whole time here was kind of marred by those. Um, yeah, I wish he, you know, listen, I wish he would have fought more. But I'm, it's easy for me to say I'm not the one grappling with you know these 225 pound guys and twisting and turning and probably feel like my insides are gonna out if I twist the wrong way so I, but that, I think but that's kind of a disappointment though I'm not like that's the thing I'm not saying it in a way like oh use the shits or like maybe yeah, the five okay, shittiest yeah, guys yeah. it's just like you know it was just disappointing for one reason or another I guess I should have worded that better but yeah okay so Gino would be like kind of disappointed like I know you like Ojik whatever but it's kind of disappointing because yeah. he was hurt and whatever so yeah he he had he you know I think I think we can all agree probably the worst injury for these guys to have is is a hand or a wrist but uh, you know your midsection is is right there too and so yeah I mean I guess because of injuries um, I don't think we we didn't see the Geno of Vancouver and um, you know I mean I know some people like him more than others I mean I I liked him in Vancouver I, I think it's great when he. He'd fight and the whole fucking place would go crazy chanting his name. And I would have loved for that to happen here. I just don't, I think due to the injuries, I don't think he really ever got that opportunity. So, so yeah, in that respect, yeah, I mean, definitely that was disappointing, but not, you know, again, it's out of his control, um, you know, because of those injuries. But in that vein, I mean, what I think a lot of the stuff that was disappointing had to do with Mike Milbury. Um, you signed Jim McKenzie. And then um, you fuck with the guy, and um, you have him in for a training camp, and then you put him on waivers, and he's the first pickup by Winnipeg. So that was disappointing that uh, you sign an all-timer and Jim McKenzie right in his prime, and the GM is too stupid, and uh, you end up losing him. So that was disappointing because it would have been great having a guy like, you know, you have Jim McKenzie with Vakoda was here and McCabe and Severin and Pilon. That would have been amazing. So, yeah, that was really disappointing that, uh, you know, the GM at the time was Milbury because, you know, when they signed Jim McKenzie, that was uh, that was fucking great. I loved it. And uh, next thing you know, it's the way I – that at that time, I'm working at Bruce Bennett Studios. 
and we would get all the NHL faxes, and we get the fax come along for the waiver draft results, and right there at top, Jim McKenzie, Winnipeg Jets. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. So that was a disappointment too. But again, it's and I'm I guess I'm technically still Teflon because I'm not not going at the guys, but that was that was really disappointing. How about Baruby? I think it I mean Baruby I think at that point was just he was past his prime. I mean he tried to do stuff, but I think you get a you get an aging guy like that. I mean he still had the I think Baruby had the fire in him till the last game. When you when you look at what he did in Philadelphia and Washington, you're never going to replicate that at that age. Even I think his second tenure in Calgary, he was older. I think he went back to Calgary after he was here. He was here for such a short time. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't think I think he had a handful of fights, but not too many. But um, for someone like me. It, it's cool to see Craig Bruby on on the back of his hockey card that he was an Islander. It's cool to see a picture of Craig Bruby in an Islanders uniform, but I don't think I had too many expectations because he's still going to fight whomever. But at that point in his career, he was definitely on the, on the back nine. It's funny as you were talking. I, I have a bunch of friggin' uh, packs of hockey cards sitting here, and they were old like nineteen ninety one like upper deck cards. Yeah, ninety one, ninety two. I I opened the pack there while you were talking, and the guy on top of all the guy, it was. Uh, do, do you remember the Islanders draft pick, second round, twenty seventh overall in the ninety draft? Uh, Chris Taylor. <laughs> Chris Taylor, man, that guy. Chris Taylor could play everywhere but the NHL. That guy lit it up everywhere. Yep, I mean that, he could play. Chris Taylor, man, he's he's a. Uh, I don't know what happened. I mean, I think the ultimate. The ultimate disappointment was Scott Sissons, but uh, and I don't know, like Chris Taylor. I guess, I guess Sissons was good back in the in the dub, but Taylor was really good. I think it's just I don't know if he got if he ever really got an opportunity, but uh, that guy could play. I, I I had no problem with Chris Taylor. Sissons, on the other hand, I still wondering what happened there. I never got the whole. Well, I played the Blades, right? I watched that. Yeah. I'll ne- I never, oh, even here in Saskatoon, we never understood the Sissons pick. We're like, really? <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. Like sixth overall or whatever? Like, we're just like, what the fuck? Like, I never thought he was that great. Like, he was a decent junior player and he's kind of a, yeah. but you know, 6'2, 200. It wasn't like he was overly physical. He was kind of soft, but mm-hmm. he'd score, but he wasn't like a huge scorer. It was yeah. like he did things okay. Yeah, but like nothing was great, and it was like okay, like to I could see him getting drafted, but like fifth yeah. round or something, but not like first. And then, and then I think what probably hurt more, of course, in hindsight, but was who went in that draft after him was like, oh my god, like you know, and and never under never underestimate this because we always you know whenever he comes up, people talk about that draft. I think one of the things that that really made it uh, more noticeable or more prominent in terms of that draft, the prior draft was the advent of the hockey card boom, because then I think it was score that did all the first round picks. So now you're not just reading about this. Now you're opening packs of cards and now you're seeing all these guys drafted and you're seeing, you know, Yager and Brodeur and Brad May and, basically everybody that was picked after him and now everyone's collecting cards at this point so now you're seeing 
all these good players, you know, Trevor Kidd, you know, all these guys were picked after him, and you're like, wow, okay. Like, obviously, Yager is the guy, like, you can always point to, but pretty much you could probably pick 15 guys that were after him that had it went on to really good careers. But, I mean, Sissons was not a first-round pick. He shouldn't have been. I'm happy that he got in. Uh, I don't know if he got a regular season game or he got, you know, he got at least a playoff game in. So that's really cool. I'm sure he's a good guy, but uh, that was a, that was a rough one. Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, now you threw me off. Oh yeah. Well, my other... talking hockey. Like we're like, you're not a hockey fight podcast. Now we're doing, we're doing straight hockey here. How about that? I don't, well, we get a little bit, you know, Hey, one must enjoy all the meats of the cultural stew. It's, Joe. it's very true. What is it? A, what do they call that? Uh, uh, charcuterie or whatever it is, the, the the board with all the cold cuts on there. I don't know. I'm not very cultured, but uh, people are probably laughing right now. But it's the whole thing where you got like the samples of the the meats. Yes. I don't know if I said it right, but uh, we'll go we'll go with it. I I have, yeah, you've completely lost me, but that's all right. <laughs> well, my other hey, qu- it's, it's 145 right now. So. I know, I know. So. I won't keep you much longer, but I do have another question for you since, yeah. you, since you blew the first one here. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll give you an easier one than the second one. Okay. I want Joe Lozito's top five favorite New York Ranger enforcers. Okay. And, I mean, this is part – well, and, I mean, are we? am I going to be biased if I go Eric Cairns number one because – he is, you know, if we're, we're talking about guys. See, the thing is, thing is, um, what people may not know is, I don't. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I hated the Rangers. I don't hate. I could just hate them anymore. It's no hate in the game anymore. Um, but the guys who, who, as much as I, when I always hated them, I liked the guys who fought. The only guy I never liked was Ty Domi on the Rangers. So. Um, I don't have an order. Let's say I would be, you know, we've taken time right now um if i had to just pick five guys uh karen's is up there he's he's my number one and i'm biased i i I love the guy so i'm gonna say karen's is number one um and i I think part of it is guys that i've known like roman ender wasn't there very long but but he's a buddy so i'd pick him um can I count Willie Plett, even though he was only there for uh, a training camp and exhibition games? Sure. I didn't, right. I, that, really, I didn't Willie. know Willie Plett was there. There you go. I'm learning something was, today. Yeah, he was there for one uh, He was there for one preseason, and I think he got claimed off waivers by the Bruins. I think he was – I think before he was a Bruin, he was in camp with the Rangers. So, uh, so yeah, he was there. Um, there we go, folks. We're learning Willie Plett trivia and meat knowledge. Where there else, you go. Yeah. Where else are you going to get this? No, from nobody. Nobody. Um, who else? Who else? Um, I mean, I don't. Fatio is the easy answer for an old fart like me, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I respect. I respect Fatio. Um, Langdon. I would say Langdon because uh, you know he's not as big as these guys, and he was like a he was like a surgeon out there. So I yep. mean, how could you not appreciate Darren Langdon? Yeah. Um, I know. I know. I'm gonna. Once we hang up, I'm gonna remember a bunch of guys. Um, oh fuck. Um, hmm. 
I'm not gonna say uh, Bugard. I like Bugard, but he was never he was never a favorite of mine. Where I would I would say him. Um, Coaster. Yeah, Coaster. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I liked him coming over from from Detroit. Um, I was trying to think of someone else, but um, yeah, I would say him. I mean, really. You know, Cairns is my favorite, and, uh, you know, Willie Plett was one of my favorites growing up. And then, you know, Ender, there's a line after that because I never really got to know Langdon at all, and I think I met Joey once. Um, and that's really, as much as I should, you know, I can't say that doesn't play a part in it because it does. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll throw out a guy that I, I think that he wasn't necessarily an enforcer for the Rangers, but – um, played tough everywhere he went and gets so little credit. It's it's borderline criminal. Uh, Jay Wells. Yep. I mean, I love fuck Jay Wells with the Kings and and I mean after L.A. after the Rangers, then he kind of bounced around Tampa, St. Louis. But um, you know, like people, I think like Jeff Bukaboom. People go nuts for Jeff Bukaboom. Uh, I think Jay Wells is twice as tough as Jeff Bukaboom, and I think he was a better player. Uh, but Bukaboom will always get more. He'll get more ink than Jay Wells, but fuck, Jay Wells is right up there. I love that guy. So I agree. Jay Wells is awesome. Yep. What do you you say up there? Jay Wells was nails, right? That's a Canadian thing. You call people yep. nails. He was nails. So yep. uh, yeah, I would say I you know I'd throw maybe take out Coaster and throw in Jay Wells because I think most people would say Coaster, and I, I'd like to, obviously with me picking Willie Plett and he spent an exhibition. Uh, season there, I'm trying to go a little off the board, so maybe I'll, I'll put Jay Wells in there also. So there we we'll, go. But trust yeah. Lazito to come up with a B side deep cut. There we go. <laughs> Throwing out guys and fucking playing preseason one preseason game and shit. I love it. Like, yeah. Well, there we go. There, there is a fucking dud of a friggin' uh, episode, but uh, I don't even put it in. If you cut it out, I don't. I couldn't blame you. I was, or you got to put me. Either put me first and have everybody else that was better than me um, just kind of make me forgettable, or put me last so it's like comic relief. No, I think we'll. I think that the the people wanted to hear Joel Lazito, so they're hearing Joel Lazito. And yeah. uh, you know, like I said, I I will have you back on when we can do. You know, I will give you a more proper topic that we could discuss. I'm not just going to hit you with something out of the blue. But that was sort of the name of the game for this thing. So I appreciate you coming on the show and playing along at the very least. Yeah, and, and just uh, for anyone that remembers my old show and, uh, you know, enjoyed the content, I, um, I'll, I'll break the news on Darren's show when I come back. But uh, I'll have some news uh about uh, a future endeavor and uh, I won't say anything now, but uh, there'll be something coming around the pike. And uh, when I come, when I'm back on your show for uh, a straight interview, uh, maybe we'll, uh, we'll break that story there. Not that people care about me, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Then I could break the story there. There we go. No, I dig it. I appreciate it. Uh, well, anyway, Matt, I know it's super late there and we talked forever and, uh, so I will let you go. But once again, thank you for answering the call and, uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. Hey, anytime, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks. I'm sorry that I shit the bed. No, it was all good. <laughs> <laughs>
Alright, well here we are on the fourth line voice on on the line. I got a returning guest. I phoned him here on a Saturday afternoon. Lovely Saturday afternoon. William out in Winnipeg. William, how's it going today? Uh, pretty good. I'm, I'm doing good. How about you? Very good. Very good. Well, like I was just telling you before we got going, I said this is sort of going to be like an on-the-spot thing. So William doesn't know what kind of question I'm going to ask him here. So, uh, but he was brave enough to take the challenge. And uh, here we are. Nah, I'm not going to hit you with something real hard here. But, well, the first thing I'm going to ask you, though, I just thought of this as I was speaking now. Of course, my last episode, uh, I went over the list. And what and the list that I did was the top five Winnipeg Jets fighters from the original Winnipeg Jets. And, of course, William oh, yeah. being a longtime Jets fan and whatever, I, I immediately got a text the next day about the episode. So uh, I will ask you. Here we go. What are your top five Winnipeg Jets fighters? Uh, my top five, I have to say, uh, for sure three from the last uh, your episode last week, uh, those three, um, Domi, Cronin, and Kite. But I would throw Man in there. Then it's a tough one because I want to say McKenzie, but he only played one year, so it's hard to really. Uh, I'd like to say that, and uh, but I'd also like to put Donnelly in there too. So those are my top five or slash six. So it's hard to say McKenzie because, like I said, he only played one year. But Man definitely should be in there because he he has a couple good knockouts in that. Um, that one was uh, Playfair, which nobody's ever seen, other than the people that are attended there. Uh, attended the game back in uh, 79 and 80. But uh, man, for sure. And definitely Kite, Cronin, Domi. And I uh, certainly would have taken off. I uh, wouldn't have put Manson and Kachuk in there from that, uh, whatever, that company that uh, put up the top five list last week. But uh, they, they were they were good as well. But, so, but uh, yeah, I'd replace, um, I'd throw in man and... Um, and Donnelly slash McKenzie, whatever. So, I agree. Yeah. Um, well, for those of us listening, if you go way back in my archives, I can't off the top of my head now. I can't remember what episode it was, but of course, I had William yeah. on. Uh, we did a full length episode and really broke down the kind of the Jets history. As like I said, Williams lives in Winnipeg. Has been a lifelong Jets fan. So we we, we get a bunch of Jim Man stories. From uh, yeah, from the day, and like you said, well, you just alluded to it there with the with the the TKO of uh, Larry Playfair that unfortunately there is no video of. Oh, I know. I talked to Chris, his son, and he has some video of his dad. I don't know if it's video that's out there or if it's something that uh, that he has that maybe is from from the game tapes or whatever. And as um, he mentioned, he might uh, he might share it someday but he, he has never yet so hopefully one day we'll see that maybe something one of those fights or he had such a good fight card his first year i'm giving that that maybe some of those fights will show up because uh, i don't think there's too much from his first year i think there's a couple from his second year when he fought hansen and jackson when they were both in minnesota i'm not sure if that's his first or second year but yeah those are good one punches so then he had a fight with sutter um from the islanders Dwayne sutter and uh i think that one may be from his first year but uh, other than that, there's really not too much when he was a Jet. So, so and uh, uh, at least first couple of years when he had his uh, when his fight cards were uh, a little longer and all that. So, but yeah. So you're saying Jim Man's kid might have video? Maybe, yeah, yeah. He he does, but I don't know what's on it. Maybe it's not even any fights. It might just be some of his video of him playing. 
So I talk to Chris uh, once in a while, not too often, but I chat with him. If I find something, a picture or if a video of uh, of Jimmy, then I'll, I'll send it to him. So And his kid's in Winnipeg? Uh, no, no. His kid is out in uh, Quebec, I believe. So, oh. uh, well, I'm certain he, yeah, no. He's, uh, or maybe, I'm not sure exactly where he is. But yeah, he's, um, he's not, no, he's not in Winnipeg. So. Oh, see, I thought he was, I was going to say, William, get to the bottom of this. We need some investigative yeah. journalism oh. here. Yeah. If he was in Winnipeg, I would have drove to his house and uh, I'd ask if I could borrow a <laughs> duplicate him for sure. So, yeah. We, so. We'd be, William would be over there shaking Chris Mann down for the videotapes yeah. as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if he's something as old man, I'd, pretty ask, uh, I'd ask a lot nicer. Well, yeah, you'd have to bring backup. Yeah. They're, uh, Chris Mann, yeah. if you're out there in the sound of my voice, get that tape. You, gotta, you get the video out there, man. People are dying to see this yeah. stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's a cool guy. He's he's very uh, very nice and outgoing. He um he told me about his dad that uh, Jimmy likes to engage because he's on one of the uh, on uh, on my fight page on Facebook and he likes to engage with the people sometimes whenever he decides to come on or whatever. So he likes to talk about uh, the days when he played and all that. So and I've seen him uh, a few um, texts back and forth with some of the people, some of the members, and it's pretty good. So shit, I should get him on the podcast. Yeah, I think uh, hopefully he would do it. Yeah, that'd be cool because he's uh, he posts a lot of pictures on Facebook of what he's been doing. Like he goes, he's a big uh, fisher and hunter, so he does that a lot. So, but yeah, if you can, um, if you're friends with him, you should text him and uh, message him and see if he'll, he'll come on. Because I know he'd have a uh, oh, he have great stories and all that. So, um. huh. you know, you might be onto something here, William. Look at this 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 phone call is proving to be uh, could be. It could be some some good stuff here down the line. I'm right. I'm hold on. I'm I'm not even hitting pause. I'm just writing this down right now. All right. Um, okay. Well, we got that question out of the way. The, the that was that was. Well, those stuff. are um those are the ones who uh um who I thought were the top five best. But I have my like my five favorite ones that I've always liked. They're different. So all right. Well, were, they, yeah. What's yeah. that then? Or uh, I was like um Brian Maxwell for some reason when he was a Jet. And uh, I do remember, though, he just got his ass kicked by Semenko in a playoff game. And so the Jets were just getting it together. They just had Howard Chuck for the first couple of years, and they were they weren't um, they were decent, but they were nowhere near Edmonton's class. I always liked him as a Jet. And uh, Paul McLean, kind of an underrated fighter, um, but didn't really fight heavyweight guys. Uh, I liked him, and um, also liked uh, Steve Rooney was another one. That, um, but I think he be, he had his best best fights when he was in Montreal, so he didn't uh, didn't really do too much here. He got, got into a few battles, but he got uh, he got smoked by a St. Louis guy. I forget. I think it was Raglan that came a good beating. So also liked uh, Perry Turnbull, and he, his big days were in St. Louis as well. Though, so he had a few uh, decent scraps here, <clears throat> and Jim Neal. Another one that I always like too. So we fight a lot of guys, but uh, he would get uh, he usually get beat. So, so those uh, and maybe and McDermott uh, as well. So I like Paul McDermott a lot. So well, there you go. Well, okay. Uh, well, see now you gave me your favorites and and, and that. Yeah. Well, and like I said, I've had I had uh, Searson on earlier, and I've had Lazito on last night. I talked to, and I threw them yeah. this question. I guess so. I guess I got to throw it to you. Uh, yeah. In terms of, uh, uh, we won't say five. I'll give you three. 
What were your three yeah. biggest disappointments as Jets fighters? Ah, uh, let's see. Um, uh, probably Tim Waters. Because yeah, this because he got involved, and he seemed like he had a couple decent scraps in his first couple of years, but then he just was like a, a hugger. He didn't do much after that. And he really wasn't a fighter, but uh, that's just... Uh, that's um. Uh, he, he got involved. He had a few fights every year. Got over 100 minutes or, uh, every year as well. And um, <clears throat> uh, who else that uh, I'm trying to think? Brent Hughes. Uh, I liked him, but he, he was uh, disappointed because he always got his ass kicked. But he would fight guys. Yeah, he wasn't that big either. He always fought guys that are much bigger than him. And uh, his fights were pretty entertaining, though. But he still got uh, he just got destroyed in most of his fights. So. And um, maybe Scott Campbell, but I, didn't, I haven't seen much foot of, footage of him as well. And I've heard some stories where he um, he fought for two one game, and then the next day uh, there was uh, I don't know somebody saw for two, and he had a black guy. So I don't know if um, if he beat him or not, but I, I don't think so. That that would have been out there if he did beat somebody like for two, especially with a name like him. That's back in the seventy nine eighties. So who knows? Who knows? Um, if it was true or that, so, but uh, of course, none of that. That's not. Uh, don't have any footage of that. That would be another one that I'd like to see. So, it's those three. Alan yeah. Barry Melrose, because he uh, uh, he came up with this kind of really tough guy, but he wasn't. He lost. He lost majority of his fights. So I don't have any footage of him as a Jet, but I've seen him when he played with the Wings and Toronto, and he didn't do too well there. So. So I don't think he was, uh, he got involved and he fought, but he, I don't think he was very, that good of a tough guy. So, or that, that, that good of a fighter, I should say. So, oh, and I guess I give you five. Mario Marawa, he always got seemed, uh, always seemed to get beat, but his big time also was in Quebec. So, and with the Rangers. So, but when he was a Jet, he always, uh, <clears throat> he did, he lost the majority of his fights. Uh, the only one I did really see him win was when he, um, he fought Dan Daou. I went to that game. And that's the only reason because I know is because there's no footage of it either. And he um, he won, but that's not a big accomplishment beating Dao, I'd say. So so there's this five that are kind of guys that were a little disappointing that uh, uh, jet fighters. So well, look, see, look at that. Williams stepping up. Searson and Lazito pulled the shoot and bailed. They couldn't answer the question. They ducked it, but Williams stood in the fire. And there you go. No, and I and gave me five when I only asked for three. That's a bang-up job, see? Leave it to a good old Canadian to come up with a bright answer, you know? You bet, man. Yeah. Oh, there we go. That's great, man. I appreciate that. See, and while here, going back to that list, when you, I said disappointment ones, to be completely honest, I thought you were going to throw Manson in there. Uh, yeah, I guess because he didn't fight much as a Jet. And um, the only fight I remember him, kind of big fight, was that... Uh, that game where Solani got smoked and um, fights happened after that, he got, uh, it looked really bad. He got beat up pretty good by Tim Hunter, but that, I don't think any of the punches are landing, but he, uh, he took a, uh, looks like he took a good beating there. He just took a lot of punches. Not sure, like I say, how much landed, but he just kind of held on while Hunter was teeing off on him. Yeah, he was a little bit disappointing as, um, as a, when he played with the Jets as a fighter, so didn't get involved too much. I met him, when I was working at McDermott Lumber, and a uh, big guy, and I could see that scar on his throat from when he took that punch from a Moreso, 
and he, you know how he talked. He had that kind of yeah. raspy voice after that. So nice guy, though, really nice. So yeah, yeah. The, yeah the only I've only met Manson once in uh, in Wasp yeah. Zoo, and uh, but yeah, he was a nice guy. Yeah, but yeah, it's a little, it's a little, it's kind of intimidating to listen to his voice though when you're when he's talking to you. Yeah, he's got that. Yeah. yeah, for sure, eh? Yeah. Yeah. He would have loved I wish somebody had footage of uh, his days when he played in PA with the, him and Baumgartner there. Ooh, that would have been uh, would have been sweet stuff to see. So. Yeah, I have some PA footage of him. Um, some oh, yeah. of it's on my YouTube channel, but, um, yeah, but I don't, not many fights. It's like, I got a couple, there, it, yeah, it's, it's, there's a couple of hits and stuff, but. I, sh- I need to put more of that stuff up. I have to. I have to upload more of that stuff. There is some Manson PA footage though, and I, I'm pretty sure yeah, I have. Right. A, I, I pretty. I'm pretty sure I have some of it on my YouTube channel. If not, I will. Well, put, good, yeah. I will put that up there. But yeah, him and uh, him and Bomber there. They terrorized the Western League. Well, the, of course, the Raiders won the Memorial Cup in 1985, and yeah. uh, Manson was a big part of that because he's a really good. I, I think sometimes what gets lost on people is Manson was a really good player too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, that, when people mention about the who they'd have is their all-time six defensemen on the green team. Manson and Stevens would definitely be on mine, for sure. So those two, and then uh, this because I like the the rough hockey, the hitting, and they can um, help out with goals or they can put the puck in the net as their own as well. So, but definitely those two would be on there. So, I agree. I agree. Well, William, yeah. there we go. That was uh, it was short and sweet, but. Uh, we ah man, we gotta. I gotta come up with another topic. We you and I, we gotta sit down and do another episode, another full length. Yeah, one. for sure. I think maybe yeah, one I of those, maybe one of those like season ticket ones. We we do like a whole season about a certain. Oh yeah. T- like we'll do a jet season ticket from some from a certain year. Maybe the yeah. year. Maybe the year yeah, Domi I'm and thinking, King showed yeah, up. Maybe. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think you maybe get uh, Luciano as well because he's from Winnipeg and he's got uh, he knows a lot about jets. Maybe have a. <clears throat> Uh, a couple guys like him and I on here about Jets and all that. So, because he's got, uh, I know Semenko's his specialty, but he knows a lot about the Jets as well. So, and you had him on before. He's good, good guy. So, holy, like, well, you, you want to just sync my show right out of, I, I'm going to put both of you on the air at the same time? Holy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. But we're really trying to end this show, not start it. Holy, all right. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I think that would be, a, we'll have a whole like Winnipeg deal. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because that, that, I think that could be, yeah, like a whole Jets kind of, well, I know you and I covered it too, but I think, yeah, especially if you get, uh, maybe a couple different voices in there and it sort of, uh, you know, could, uh, spur on some memories from when somebody mentioned something and you can kind of feed off each other, right? So, I yeah, think, for sure. Well, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So. But I think we might have to do something like that in the, in the near future. It'd be good, yeah. I'd be in for that, for sure. Uh, excellent. All right, Matt. Well, I'm not going to keep you any longer. It's a Saturday afternoon. We'll, uh, I'll let you go. But, uh, you know, the kids are gone, so William's just enjoying. The, he was enjoying the silence, and all of a sudden I'm ringing him on the phone. There, That <laughs> broke the silence right there. I'll let you get back uh, to the yeah, silence. I killed the boredom as well. I was pretty bored watching Netflix, so this is too uh, sweet. So. Oh, there we go. There we go. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come on today. For sure, man. All right, William. Uh, take it easy, man. Yeah, you too, man. Take care. All right. Good day. All right. All right, here on the fourth line voice, I got a returning guest, Jordan Roach, Ice Wars 2 competitor. Jordan, how are you doing today? Doing good, Darren. 
Excellent. There we go. I was going to say, this is, this is like take two, folks. This is your, I've given you the behind the scenes. I, I was started to record with Jordan and all of a sudden my equalizer went out. I couldn't, I wasn't recording. All right. Well, we're recording now. Um, well, hey, it was great to see an Ice Wars too. Of course, you took out Jeff LaFrance. Uh, what did you think of your Ice Wars experience? Oh, that was great. Uh, I'm, uh, I can't wait to the next one, obviously, but, uh, yeah, that was a, it was quite an experience. It happened so fast, but I mean, uh, all in all, man, everybody here was really treated, treated like first class, and uh, AJ is just a great guy, and uh, you know, it was, it was great competing with everybody there, you know, getting a chance to be that, and uh, yeah, I, I, I can't say enough about how like, how well it was put on. Um, well, so do you have plan? Like, for, are you have you going forward? Are you gonna? Uh, would you like to participate in like Ice Wars three and stuff going forward? Yeah, absolutely, I do. Yeah, I uh, I've already talked to AJ about it, and I think well, depending on you know, you know. It's always something to change, but uh, I'm definitely um, I'm training and getting ready to be uh, to be in the next one. Like I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to be in the next one. Excellent. Um, well, I was going to ask you what what did you uh, what did you think of the synthetic ice? Oh, uh, you know what? That no excuses. You know, I get my hat off to Jr. Man, he's uh, he's a competitor. Yeah, uh, so tough on that guy. Uh, you know, the balancing. I I, just, I never thought it was going to be that uh, that. Uh, Difficult for me. I like balance has never been a situation ever for me, and, and so that was a little that was a little bit embarrassing. But same time, I like yeah, yeah. I just again no excuses, but yeah, I wish I would have got out there. I should have got out a few times on the on the ice. There's a sheet out here in North Battleford, and then my buddy that was helping me train and stuff. He kept saying, well, "We got to get out there." And I, I just kind of I blew it off and said, "Oh, it's gonna be it's not like ice it's gonna be somewhere, you know? It shouldn't be a problem." As soon as I got out there, I was just like, "Ah, oh, you know, happened so fast." But at the same time, I'm like. You know, if that was realized, or I guess the chance, I've already been on it like, like every day. I get out there for a like half hour. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it was it was different for sure. Um, not what I expected, but on the next one, I'm I'm going to be a lot different. It'll be a way different story. Good to hear. Yeah. Well, we're looking looking forward to seeing seeing you back out there. But uh, well, like I told you today, I mean, we're I mean, for those what I've had Jordan on before. So if you're interested to hear. Um, Jordan's entire career we talked about, you know, from junior all the way on. Um, we did that earlier. But so I told him today, I said, I'm just going to have him on. I'm doing this little thing here of like five, ten minutes. I'm asking, I'm getting different people on the show and I'm asking him just a question out of the blue and then it's kind of getting what their response would be. But I've also had returning guests when they've come back on. We've kind of talked about their five toughest opponents. So I wanted to do that with Jordan today. So, um, Jordan, I'm good. I know you fought a ton of dudes, uh, so this should be some interesting names. But um, who is Jordan Roach's five toughest opponents? Yeah, when you ask me there, I, you know, it didn't take very long to come up with them, but it, like, I already know, like, like, just in general, I mean, like, all the guys have fought so many tough guys there out there. Everybody's tough, but I'd have to say for sure, uh, first one I would think of was John, John, uh, um, John Marathi, you know. Obviously, everybody knows who John is, and uh, I got to uh, go against him in junior uh, once, and then I got to fight him again in uh, when I was in Port Huron, he was in Danbury. So we had a couple of, well, he beat me the second one for sure pretty quickly in, in Danbury, or in uh, Port Huron, and then uh, the one we had in North Dallas, and then yeah, he never came put that team, he never did find it, but that was a pretty, that was, that, was a good, that was a good fight, you know, we went back and forth, I felt like I got a little bit of better of him, but again, nobody got knocked over or anything, but man, yeah, he's Pound for pound, obviously, one of, if not one of the toughest, for sure. Well, yeah, like you said, when you throw out John Morasti's name, yeah, um, 
Yeah, that would that would have been a little different from the yeah, like you said, from your uh, SJHL fight to the UHL fight. Uh, yeah, some time had passed in between, but uh, yeah, that uh, yeah, John Morasti. There you go. Well, that's there. That's a solid start. Uh, who, who else you got? Uh, I got uh, Darcy Johnson, the late uh, Darcy Johnson, and yeah, I, we were going to have him. You know, obviously, I would put Johnny in front, but uh, you know, Darcy. Darcy's and I, I know I knew Darcy was going up playing hockey, minor hockey, and and then Double uh, A Batham. We played against each other, and I played a little bit with him in uh, in uh, St. Michael's Triple A, um, and then we traveled together to OCN. Uh, but prior to that year, before I was in Nipawa, and uh, we got to go at it a couple of times, and I fought him in Triple A as well. And so Darcy's a, Darcy's like another guy. He could just, he could go with anybody, you know. He could play and and also fight. And uh, yeah, I'm just that guy. You know, he, he was tough. Like one of the toughest for sure I ever fought. He hit hard, man. His left hand when he, he would switch up once in a while. I always remember his, his left hand because he broke my nose there a few times. Yeah, he was, yeah. you know, and, and like you said, you know, obviously tough guy, could throw both hands. But like I said, I think what gets lost when you talk about Darcy Johnson is uh, what some people don't realize is how how solid of a player he was. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, he was. Uh, he's 30 goals, 30 assists, I think 300 pims in, in OCN. He always is, you know, right up there in, 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 on their team points and stuff. Yeah, he, he was a good player, man. And uh, for sure, he, but he was a heavyweight as well in, the, in uh, junior. And then he just, you know, he always, he always put up his teammates. And uh, just a great guy. He was tough. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, we got Rasty Johnson. Now, uh, I got, we'll say Louis Bedard. Louis, uh, obviously, I. Like, I just fought him in the Quebec League, but man, every time I square up or when I line up with him, he was he was he looked like he was like probably like any of the guys I've ever fought. I never had anybody that was ever that like intense. Like you know, he was, he was ready ready to go. And I always thought, well, what a genius guy, man. You know, like I must have met him somewhere else, you know, or, or fought somebody or just talked to somebody you knew because this guy was ready to go. He was always super intense and wanted to go me, and uh, it didn't take him very long. You know, he would get set with me. He would, I started throwing right off the hop, and then all of a sudden he would just wait and wait and wait out, and then he start going with his ladies left. And they weren't very, he's not a very big guy, but he's wide, but he hit hard. Like, oh man, he hit fast and hard, and, and he dropped me all every time I bought him. <laughs> but he was tough, one of the toughest for sure. Oh, Louis Bedard, man, he was, uh, yeah, he was something. And he was in that Quebec League for a long time. I think I looked it up one time, but he had like 300 fights in that Quebec League. And I mean, and he had played, obviously he played overseas and he was in the East Coast League as well. And, you know, came up in Major Junior in the Quebec Junior League. And, but yeah, he, uh, you know, like you said, not a real tall guy, but wide. But yeah, just like the machine gun fire, right? But uh, yeah, Louis Bedard, Louis Bedard is a bad dude, man. Yeah, he was. I mean, I remember when Leon, Leon DeVorn there, he, he fought him a couple times when he was in the uh, East Coast. I remember him talking about him. He was in, I don't know what team with Louis was in, but I remember him talking specifically about Louis. And uh, so when I got to Quebec, you know, I, when I got to see him, I was, like, I was pretty excited to fight him at the same time. I was, man, when I, when did you get out there? I mean, it was when I was in Sorrell, and uh, I never fought him but he, uh, until later on until I was in um, Quebec City. But uh, when I was in Sorrell, I remember sliding up in a home opener to Laval, and he was on that team. That year, and oh, you know they already had the who's who's, but Louis was somebody for sure. I, I well, he's a legend, and, and for sure one of the toughest I fought. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh now, now, how many? Well, that's three. Uh, two more. What do we got? Uh, oh yeah, I had uh, uh, um, oh Big Mac for sure. I, I was putting him number one, but I'll just go with him right now. 
uh, Steve McIntyre. Uh, he was my very first uh, fight in the Western Hockey League when I was in Medicine Hat. He was the Blades, and he uh, was our home opener in the Medicine Hat. I was actually surprised to play that home opener. I didn't think I was going to be in it, but I got a chance to go there, and I, I got the tap, and, and uh, it was early first period, and you know, I, I was lined up right side back, and, and uh, you know, first fight in the WHL, then he was better, you know, and he broke my nose right up the hop. I had two black eyes for the next, I don't know, two weeks or so, and not that guy. Now I fought him again later on in my career. He was in OCN, and I was in Swan Valley, and I got to fight him once before the playoffs and then once in the playoffs. And, and I did a little bit better then, uh, a little bit later in my career, but uh, wow, that guy is a huge man, and he controlled both hands. Scary almost, you know, he was, and he was so good at it. He was so just built for that. And he was a good skater, too. I mean, he was, he was a big man for, you know, getting out there and playing and stuff. But, yeah, I was uh, a big Mac. Yeah, I got to give him his thoughts, man. He, he's for sure one of the top experience I've ever fought. Oh, yeah, man. This is a hell of a list you're throwing out here. Like I said, folks, right? Check out that fight card. Look at listen to these names. But yeah, old Big Mac. Yeah. Welcome to the Western Hockey League, eh? Home opener, broken nose, and a couple black eyes. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, well, number, well, I guess we're not really going in any order here, but your, your fifth guy, who do you got? Who did I have down there? I'll tell you, I'll try to think here. Uh, I would have to go with uh, Steve Boston. I, I don't think I put him on there, excuse me, but I was just thinking more down. Well, you put, Boston, well, you, put you had Brad Booth on there. Booth, yeah, yeah. I'll put Booth up there. I'll, I'll put Booth in Boston. I'll put him in there. If you don't mind. But, All right, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my first year pro in, in uh, Bakersfield, we played Fresno. I don't know, like, we would have, we would have, I didn't say the whole year, but we would have played him like 18 times, I think it was, or something, but. I had 12 fights against him, uh, or 10 fights. I can't remember in the first month, I think, month and a half, and then I would go at it. Brad played in Lebrecht, um, when I was coming up in June, AAA. I never got, I never fought him then, but I remember watching him in Lebrecht and how, how tough he was then. Um, so when I got to Bakersfield, you know, there was no love lost there. He came right at me, and, and man, that guy had a right hand. If he ever hit you up the, up the start, that, you're going down. Um, but we, we went at her. All the time, every time, every game, twice a game, and you know, Brad was for sure. Yeah, and probably not a lot of people know about him out there. Cause I don't know after Fresno. I think he played one more year in the in the United League, maybe Richmond or something. Uh, I don't I don't know what happened to him after that, but yeah, he was tough. He was tough. He was about my size too, so we were similar players. Uh, but Brad was one of the toughest for sure. Um, and then and then Steve Bosse. Well, what can I say? Everybody knows most people know who Steve Bosse is. I fought him early in his career. Uh, I was in Sorrell. He was in Verdun. And we would play two spots I think three, three times, um, twice in one game, in the one game, and then I fought him once in Laval, uh, or in Verdun, sorry, uh, later on. But, uh, well, keep on. I remember when I first got to Quebec, I got off the plane, uh, this lady picked me up and took, took me to St. Jean, and she took me to the rink. And it was August, I don't know, it was early in August, and so it was just new to me. Like, I had never been into a hockey camp or a hockey team ever that early in August. Or I don't know, early. And uh, there was these two guys skating on the ice in St. John. And I tried to go, guys, eh? There was uh, Dean Mayron and Steve Bosley. And they were out there shooting the puck around and stuff. So I, I got to hang out with them for a little bit. And, and I got to hang out with Steve a little bit because uh, he was always around uh, Dean and stuff around us until he went to Verdun. But uh, man, that guy's hands. I, I always tell this story because, like, his dad, I guess, he, he used to do logging or, like, cut logs for, uh, for firewood and stuff. And Steve would go behind and his dad would cut him and he would grab, he had these, these two clips on his hands, on his wrists, and he would go and he would grab these pieces of wood and he'd throw them in piles, like, 
nonstop. And I remember my dad saying, you know, he shipped my brother's hand, Freddie, and say, hey, that guy, you know, he's a hardworking man. He's tough because he can tell by his hands. Eh? When I shook Steve's hand, I knew, like, if he ever hit you, that's why he was going to put some hurt on you. And when once you learn how to throw a double fight, he was hurt. I was obviously knocking everybody out. And, and I was just fortunate that he never, he never caught me on the button. Otherwise, I'd have been taken too. But, yeah, I got to do it for Steve this year at the top. <clears throat> well, yeah, and it's and like you said, right? With Verdun, he was kind of you know he was learning there, and then you could you could see the progression. And then when he got up to Laval there in Saint John, it was like, oh boy, yeah, there was some dudes getting hurt at that point. And uh, well, and like you said, right? Obviously, he goes on to the UFC, and everybody saw what he's doing there. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a bad dude, man. Well, and it's interesting you brought up Brad Booth because I mean, like you said, and you were right, right? That's a guy that doesn't get talked about a lot on these shows. And, you know, when we talk about minor league guys, because you're sort of, you know, you're down in that UHL, West Coast, you know, people didn't see that stuff. There's not a lot of footage out there of it. But, yeah, when he was in Fresno, dude was putting up 400 minutes. And he, he did. He put some hurt on a few guys. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy you brought that name up because a lot of pe- people don't know that guy. But, uh, yeah, Brad Booth is a bad dude. For sure, for sure, and like he, like I mean, and when he was there before I, before that, I mean, there was Jablonski, uh, you know, Langdon. Uh, they had that big guy. It was uh, Spenrath. Yeah, I guess he played with him. He would play with him in Fresno. But uh, Chad Richards was in in Alaska. Yeah, that, that was a, like I remember going to Bakersfield thinking, oh, it's going to be Roger Maxwell. You know, so like that was a top top league man and older guys. So, but uh, Brad was hanging in there. Uh, you know, it's going to be a step. But whenever we fought, I never, I, you know, I didn't really. The one, he got me once in, in Vegas, so real good. He got me really good. But yeah, Brad, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely one of the toughest for sure. Absolutely. Uh, well, that's a hell of a list, man. That was, uh, like you said, you, you, like, folks, like I said, right, we're, we're talking about fight cards. I mean, Jordan Roach's fight card is second to none. You took on everybody, and uh, and it was cool to see on Ice Wars. It was great to see, a, you know, Jordan Roach with the comeback. But, uh yeah, I look forward to uh, you going forward and, uh, and and seeing how you do at Ice Wars three and uh, and your journey uh, to the next one. Uh, it's gonna be it'll be fun to watch. Thanks, Aaron. I, I gotta tell you, you know, I uh, appreciate that. Uh, you know, I didn't go in that one as prepared as I would like to, and then for that, you know, I, I you know that's that's that itself. I, I I'm a little bit. Uh, I wish I would have prepared. Like I should have been more prepared, but that's no excuse because I guess I want to get my hat off to JR, but. We're going to go again, you and I, in the next one. That's what I want anyway. I want to be able to have another shot at that guy, and, and uh, I think he wants it too. So if, we, if we're able to have that again, I can't wait. And I will be prepared. I'm going to train and get, get ready. It'll be, it'll, be a, it'll be a way different show for sure, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. But thanks for having me on, Dan. Hey, absolutely. It's good to hear. Well, there you heard it, folks. Jordan Roach getting ready for uh, Ice Wars 3. And uh, once the event's announced and we gets closer to it, I definitely want to have you back on. We'll we'll talk about how your training's going, and uh, you know, hopefully by then we'll have like who you're fighting in the matchup and all that, and we'll talk about all that if, uh, at a later date. But uh, anyway, in the meantime, I'm not going to keep you. I know it's a Saturday afternoon; we got stuff to do. But uh, I want to thank you again for coming on, Jordan. I appreciate it. Thanks, Darren. Uh, always a pleasure. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 